This week on Out Now with Internet, we are doing a spring catch-up for 2018, I guess. Yeah, lots of trailers and other stuff. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm geeking now. I'm so fitting. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! I'm back! Yes, you are. It's been, it's been a week. We're, we're back in general. Like, we took we're, a, we could like a week off. Like, exactly like, the, like John Goodman. And John Goodman was a voice in the dinosaurs? He's the, he's the main one. He's, he's the T-Rex in that movie. I've never seen that movie. I've only read the book. The, it's definitely the, the, like, a movie. It's 12-page book. It's definitely a movie. That's. For I'm sure. bummed out to hear that. What's So that movie, it's 1993. It, came, it comes out like a month before Jurassic Park. And it's produced by Spielberg. <laughs> and it has and it has Jay Leno in it. Just all these facts I wanted to throw out your way. <laughs> right. Anyway, Out Now is a film podcast where Ava discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then, like we have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is something completely different. This is our spring catch up for 2018. Um, there's a lot of things coming out. We had our big Avengers show, but there's other movies that have also been released that we haven't talked about that we wanted to get to. And there, there's a lot of trailers we haven't talked about too, so we plan to talk about a lot of like the, yeah. some, of the, some of the newest movie trailers that have come your way. Give some, give our two cents on those. And you know, so yeah, so we're just going to get into like a kind of a jumble of things here. We're going to do, a, we're going to review Tully um, because that that was one of the main releases that we did want to get to at some point. So we will do that. Um, I know Abe and I we saw you were never really here, the Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, thriller uh, yeah crime thriller <laughs> crime yeah. thriller i guess would be the best way to say it so we want to mention that as well uh but yeah so we got we got you know a lot of things to kind of just go over uh for kind of a fun episode before we get back into the kind of the main episodes where we'll have like deadpool and solo and what have you in the coming weeks um but joining us to discuss all of this stuff today we have armed with a movie pass he's still helping Rody look for sam in the grass it's john van dyke hey watch out we're about to like eclipse in one year my appearances over the entirety <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so helpful you have this movie pass you can see things now it works out so it's you know it's, it's good to, good to have you on the show movie pass more. still not a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> we should really look I into mean, that i'm There's... just i'm just trying to get my movie pass value before you know it completely goes away in a month <laughs> exactly yeah, i agree yeah. so uh we're yeah we're gonna get into things and um We'll go over some show notes real quick. First up, I'll say, I'm just going to put this out there. Avengers Infinity War has made, like, a bunch of money. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd say two bunches of money. Two, two bunches of money. So if we talk about, we are going to talk about Infinity War in some capacity, because I know Abe has not yet shared, shared his thoughts on it, unless you listen to our blooper at the end of the Avengers episode, where he got a, a couple cents in on that. Um, but <laughs> but um, when we get to Infinity War, I'm just going to say, if we happen to do some spoilers... It's been a lot of money. Chances are you've probably seen that movie. Don't, so don't be I'm not surprised gonna... if you spoilers. So, yeah. I'm not going to say it's. I'm not going to say it's hardcore spoilers, although it might be because there's some pretty yeah, hardcore nothing, spoilers nothing to get crazy. into. <laughs> I wouldn't ruin the whole movie for you. Yeah, but but I'm just giving you a heads up now because we might be a little too cavalier about how we talk about the movie since presumably everyone that's listening to a movie podcast has seen that movie. Um, are so, you yeah. guys are you guys saying that if if we start talking about Avengers Infinity War that the viewer might want to disappear during that time? Yeah, they might want to you know. <laughs> <laughs> they want to might they might want to like throw themselves off a cliff to get out of the way of the uh, thoughts on Infinity War. That's uh, for sure. Yeah, you didn't see my face, but it was one of those like 
Good job, JBD. They might want to pluck the headphones out of the head of the person they're listening to and throw it to the side. Maybe that, that, that's just the way to go. What I'm saying is they might want to like take their iPod and stab it through Tony Stark and talk about how I hope they're remembered. Uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, let's... Oh, um, okay. Are we, are we good? Are we good on this? Clear. Yeah. Okay. You might want to make like a Star Lord and beat the living crap out of somebody trying to, you know, spoil you on <laughs> Infinity War. I mean, he, he, he shot his father just, you know, because he learned that his father killed his mother. So I, I'm not surprised. Anyway, yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so let's let's get to some show notes. <laughs> uh, first up, uh, iTunes reviews and ratings. It is good to get those. It helps out the show, helps out the people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search route now, Aaron and Abe, you can do just that thing and you'll find our show and you'll see our faces. They're amazing in these in the picture we have for our for our face our, our podcast logo and you'll be like I you know what now that I've searched this I'm thinking I want to give them a rating and you can do that you can give a star you can give us a star rating that'd be cool you can give us a written review also that'd be even cooler. For a second there I was wondering why you were speaking in the third person and then you corrected yourself so yes thank you very much in advance. I was using the reality stone I was all over the place. Um, <laughs> right. I knew you still cared for Gamora. So let's. <laughs> Let's. Uh, what else do we have? Let's see. The summer gamble's still going. We're we're kind of. It's it's been just Infinity War so far, so we're not exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, really worried too much. About I don't it. think there's anything that has unseated our number one picks. Yeah, I, yeah, board. yeah. Life of the party didn't exactly break the bank at the box office. Come weekend, on, let's so. not make fun of my dark horses. Is that one of your dark horses, Life of the Party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you. Um, anyway, what else? Uh, our commentary. Every week, every month we do a commentary track. This month happens to be the release of a new Star Wars film, so guess what? We're going to do another Star Wars commentary track, because that's what we do. Um, what? Christmas came early this year, so that's what's going to happen. We still have to defi- decide which Star Wars movie we're going to do. I-, I don't know which one we're supposed to do at this point. Uh, should we do the other spinoff, Rogue One? Should we? Ta- we've been kind of going back and forth between original and prequel trilogy, so we sh- if if we would we could be doing um, revenge of the sith but it's just it's not really connected to solo in any way besides the fact that it's in star wars so we're still deciding on what we want to do as far as which (laughs) which of the star wars movies to go for but that is what's going to happen probably record either this week or yeah next week i guess this week it's coming up yeah it's coming up it's coming up speaking of star wars by the way it was my lovely girlfriend's birthday this past weekend um happy birthday to anabash and um, i was obviously with her and uh, we watched um the movie that you watch anytime you think about Star Wars, Beach Street, um, which is fantastic. Um, but but after Beach Street, so her whole her, her family was around her, her, her because her sister and her brother were there, and her brother comes in. He watched the end of Beach Street with us, and he's like, "Hey, you have Last Jedi," and it's like ten fifty at night. And we're like, "Yeah," and Anna encouraged us too. They're like, "Let's watch Last Jedi." And I'm like, "Okay, sure, let's watch the longest Star Wars movie right now." And you know what? I had no problem doing that. I dozed off because I was tired a little bit, but. The Last Jedi, what I'm trying to say, is just amazing because I can just watch that all the time, apparently. That's that's where I'm at right now. It's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it's it, a good one. It's a good one. Top does, 10 on my list. Does the job. Uh, Last year. But yeah, all that is to say, once again, happy birthday to my lovely girlfriend. Happy uh, birthday. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's um, let's get to what we're going to do for the majority of this episode. Um, talk about random movies that we've seen oh, trailers I thought we were for. Oh, we're going to make uh, really non sequitur jokes. <laughs> we'll do that too because we got oh. we got our first trailer right here. So we're going to talk about a lot of trailers. We've been missing out on trailers in the past few weeks just because we haven't had too many kind of regular shows. Traditional based, shows. Yeah, for a variety of reasons that you're already well aware of. Um, so <laughs> we'll get to um, 
our first, we got like eight trailers we're gonna go over guys so here it comes get ready we got we got plenty to do and we've already talked about two different venom trailers so we we got we got that covered so we, we have the next best thing right now which is the predator it is the most recent predator it's the upcoming predator movie uh written and directed by shane black which automatically makes me like I don't care what movie it is it's written and directed by Shane Black, uh, but it happens to be Damn. it happens to be Predator, which is it's it's canon within the series. It's from what Black's described, it takes place after Predator after, and Predator Two, yeah. but before Predators, if that really makes sense. And Predators is I mean they're on a different planet, so it doesn't really so, matter. So so it's after nineteen ninety seven then. It's not. It's after nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, the future of nineteen ninety seven, which is what Predator yeah. Two was. <laughs> <laughs> We still and, haven't done our Predator 2 commentary. Well, what do you think we're going to do in September, Abe? Definitely doing Predator 2 <laughs> for listeners that are maybe a little bit newer. I can't that's wait been, to talk That's about been a commentary we've, we've teased for, like, since starting this podcast is Predator 2. It's been a three-year tease. Yeah, so it's been it's been a long time with that. But anyway, we have The Predator, um, which is, yeah, the the, late, the upcoming Predator film. Um, it stars a number of people. Um, you have Boyd Hallbrook, who's like that dick cowboy guy in Logan. More importantly, though, it has Jacob Tremblay, the automa- you know, one of the toughest kids you can ever, ever come across. Uh, Keegan-Michael <laughs> Key. That holding on to grenades in the trailer. Yeah, Keegan-Michael Key, one of the toughest Mad TV alumni you can come across. <laughs> uh, Olivia Munn, one of the toughest former G4 hosts you can come across. And then you have yeah. Sterling K. Brown, uh, Tom Jane, Alfie Allen, Trevante Rhodes from Moonlight. So you got a lot of people here. Um... I wonder it, why you didn't give the others like monikers or additional monikers because Sterling K. Brown, come on, that's that's Killmonger's dad. Rule of three, Abe. That's why. Oh, come on, okay. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Regardless, uh, you got a Shane Black Predator movie. You have a talented cast. You have what seems like a suburban uh, type environment this time around for the Predator. Let's let's go to John. John, what did you think of the trailer for the Predator? Did, was I the only one who was kind of underwhelmed by the tra- the trailer? Like, it, it. I guess this is its first one, so they didn't want to give too much away. But I just thought it. There wasn't even like it's a Shane Black movie, and yet like the trailer didn't really have like much dialogue in it. It's said from so. the director of Iron Man three, so it's like, right. you know you know it's Shane Black right there. <laughs> I like how that's that's weird to like think about, but it's like that movie did make a billion dollars. So it's like, yeah, I guess that's the one you'd probably put up there. You can't say from the director of the flop, the nice guys, and be like, oh. Well, I, know, oh, I, I, was, well, I mean, I was kind of hoping they'd be like from the writer of of uh, Lethal Weapon at nineteen years old. No, I, I know, John. I know what you're saying because I agree with you. I don't. I don't think it's a particularly right, right. amazing I mean, trailer. But uh, I mean, the trailer does what it needs to do, which is show you all the cool people that are in it and 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 what the appetite a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a ho hum trailer for me. I'm kind of like. I, I really didn't make me want to go to it any more or less than just if I had read the IMDb page. <laughs> Abe, how about you? I agree. It's very ho-hum. The The thing that I liked about it was I was wondering how they're going to use Jacob Tremblay in the movie. And I was glad that, that they kind of you know gave me that before I went into the movie so I wouldn't have to be super annoyed that, you know, uh, why is there like this eight-year-old and what is he doing in, the, in this R-rated movie? The way that they use him is... Pretty clever. Re- re- recall the beginning of the nice guys is literally like a young child it's, wandering yeah, through his child. house. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like reading Playboys from his dad, and then he sees the the, the dead porn star in his lawn. So yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> shade black for you. But um, yeah, the the trailer did what it needed to do. I'm I'm also glad that they kind of just gave me some side glimpses of the predator. 
because uh, I'm not really sure. I, I, you know, hearkening back to the first one, where they wait like 30, 40 minutes to show you the actual predator. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed that little tease, but for the most part, I yeah, I agree with John. It's just. It's all right. I was going to see it anyway, but this doesn't make me want to be like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I'm totally like even more eager to see it now. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you guys. As I said, I, I, I do think it's a trailer that's more about, hey, here's awareness of the fact that it's a Predator movie. And it is a teaser trailer to be like technical. Right. It's not like a, a theatrical trailer, which gives you more of what's happening. But as I am, a, I'm a big Predator fan. I do like Pre- Predator is one of my favorite movies. Predator 2 is what I think a very entertaining movie. Predators <laughs> is Predators is fine. Alien vs. Predator is fine. Alien vs. Predator Requiem is a movie that you should listen to our commentary for, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the, it's more of the prospect that Shane Black is like, why not? Let me do this. And he has Fred Decker here, Fred Decker who directed The Monster Squad, which Shane Black oh, wow. which Shane Black wrote with him. Um, so yeah. it's like, you got these guys back together, plus Shane Black, who is in Predator, which just makes it all kinds of like weird. First, first guy killed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, besides, you know, the entire like besides, Colombian yeah, besides, like cartel that's in, in the jungle. <laughs> after those 50 people yes then shane black is the first person killed. i like i like how in the predator they're like okay you know we're we're a rescue team that we don't we, we just go in and out really quickly and then they we don't to, we like, don't use, we you, like, you won't even know we're there <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll never even know we're there it's like you guys just killed an entire like platoon you, and then expect to just like walk you, out you wiped out a platoon all those trees and presumably like three species no one ever heard of before like that's how much damage you guys just did <laughs> Well, I mean, dude, Max saw it. He saw it. I'll say this, um, because it's a, it is a strong like cast here. I like seeing Sterling K. Brown in things. That this keeps like every time he, he pops up in something, which I enjoyed in the he, in the trailer. He has this sort of like this thing, and it's the same thing in Hotel Artemis, which we're going to talk about later on as well. Where it's just like something about his presence is very like reassuring in movies. It's like, well, it can't be that bad. You got you got Sterling K. Brown over here. <laughs> so well, like, I mean, that's the question. Is he? I mean, it seems like he should be a become a movie star right yeah so this seems like a these good... early choices are kind of interesting because mm-hmm. it's like where what what is he what is he doing there i mean you he's know, currently doing, he's doing cur- a predator doing a hotel artemis well he had black panther too it's like he's not having right. a bad year <laughs> that's and, and he was great on his snl yeah he was uh, great on snl so it's, so it's you know he's, he's yeah I, I see what you're saying yeah as far as kind of these choices but like every now and then you get like a newer actor where i'm just I'm kind of excited about seeing the things that they choose and that they're popping yeah. up and stuff. Like Fastbender was that way for a while for me. It's like, oh, he's he's popping up in things that are higher profile. Great, that's Cas- nice for Casper him. Casper Van Dien, yep. Yeah, he had both of those movies. That was great for him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, he had three movies. He had three. Yeah, he, he had Starship well, Troopers. Then he had, like, had, like, he had Sleepy Hollow. Five. Yeah, directed video. He had Sleepy like Hollow, that. and then he had Tarzan: Curse of the Something or Something that I can't I can't remember <laughs> the exact name of. <laughs> Anyhow. You're making me look this up now because I really need to know. What, what is, <laughs> when does Pre- needs IMDb? Yes, Casper. Okay. Regardless, the Predator arrives in theaters uh, September 14th, so it's going for that it money apparently. <laughs> That's what's going. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I you know regardless of the trailer, I am excited for a new Predator movie because I'm a Predator fan and I I you know we like we like Shane Black on this podcast, so you know that should probably yeah. go over well. Um. So yeah, let's move on now. Let's get to the next trailer. Um, but right before we get to the next trailer, I'm going to make you aware that it is called Tarzan <laughs> the um, and the Lost City. That's the Casper Van Dien Tarzan movie. I knew it was something. Oh, like okay. That. I was like, that's that's a movie trailer that we're, we're, we're going to no. talk about? It's like, I've never heard of this movie. I just needed to get that. I needed to know what it was officially <laughs> called or else I wouldn't forgive myself. It's about accuracy right. on this podcast. That's why. That's why these podcasts go up to over two hours. It's because true. It's we all the accuracy do fact check all the time. That's right. 
because uh, I'm paranoid about angry listeners saying you got the wrong Casper Van Dien Tarzan movie. <laughs> the next when movie... it really matters, I will fact check. When it doesn't, I'll just go with it. Then I will. I think about it like after we do it, when we're editing the podcast, like that was right, and I feel like <laughs> the need to correct it on next week's show. Like that's how that's where it comes. Yeah, I mean that that we we, we do have like the well, actually nobody's really written in and said that we no because I because I do my due diligence and stop it before it can happen. I don't need so I don't need Mike Jones writing in or Justin Weatherby not listening to the podcast anymore so. <laughs> let's go to the next trailer the next trailer is for the house with a clock in its walls this is the new film from director eli roth um who's made a film based off a book starring jack black kate blanchett uh who else kyle mclaughlin's in this uh, yeah some little kid i don't know another little yeah, yeah another one, one of those little kids that he's like oh he's in that thing um it's an amblin film which i was not aware until i saw the trailer i was like what okay uh, although Spielberg's not like directly involved in this, but it is like an amble, which just seems weird to me. Uh, but regardless, it's I guess it's like a fantasy horror comedy type film. Uh, does anyone know like the material this is based off the book? You know? I mean, I just noticed that it was IP, but I I'm not familiar with. Yeah, it. I'm not familiar either. Okay, well let's Abe, wait, let's start with you. What do you think of the trailer? You know, I I was going along with it, and then I was like. I, it feels kind of like Goosebumps, and I liked Goosebumps, and then it got a little bit darker in tone. I was like, I'm digging this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of dig how like some people are dead, or like there's like some dead kid trying to like come through the walls. And uh, Jack Black is he's grown on me quite a bit since his early days. Uh, I, I've, I've certainly basically given him the pass range now, and the way that Kate Blanchett is just doing her like I guess sidekick slash like witch type behavior, I'm digging it. So. I, I, was I surprised that it was directed by Eli Roth? Yes, because <laughs> I because w- I was thinking to myself, well, Eli Roth wouldn't really do a child's property or a family property, but the way that the tone works is like, yeah, I can see why he picked this up. Yeah, the biggest question I have about the house at the Clogwood as well is <laughs> is um, what is going on with Eli Roth? Because like he had he had Death Wish, which I was terrible, but it's like okay, that's a very that's just like a regular studio film for a director that's you know focused primarily on horror and you know horror from kind of lower budget too. Now it's like okay, he's getting budgets and stars to do like bigger movies. So like first is that, and now you have the house with the clock in the walls, which I think looks pretty good, regardless of it being directed by Eli Roth or not. It just looks like an entertaining movie. I like Jack Black. I like Jack Black in these kind of this kind of atmosphere. Um, obviously, Kate Blanchett's here as well. I mean, he's a great actress and. The vibe I got, and AB, I think you can go with me on this, Monster House, which we both yeah. really like. Right. <laughs> We're big Monster yeah. House fans. We are huge fans and advocates of that movie. It's like, what if it was like a movie set inside of the Monster House that's like, things are going off out all over the place and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I, I dig the vibe of what this is doing. I, li- I like that it's kind of a, it's a, you know, like a, ki- it's presumably a kid's movie that has an edge, which is, you know, the kind of kid's movies that I certainly grew up with. So it's like, that's. That's more or less what I like to see. Not that every kid's movie needs to be dark, but, you know, when you have a premise that could inherently be somewhat darker, it's nice to see a movie embrace that as opposed to kind of, you know, walk away from its potential. Now, will this movie deliver on that? I don't know. But from what I'm, you know, seeing so far, I'm digging it. What about you, John? No, um, uh, yeah, I had no familiarity with this. It was kind of funny because, like, I thought the trailer was so interesting and, like, cool looking that I was, like, almost like weirdly bummed that it was an existing property already because <laughs> at first i was like oh man look at this it's like uh it's like looks so original and interesting and they're like oh well because of course it is it had an existing material <laughs> um but yeah no cast 
the adult cast looks like they're having a lot of fun and and like it's, i mean visually it looks really imaginative really compelling so uh yeah no i, I was surprised uh, i had no idea what this was going into it and i'm definitely curious to uh see this when it comes out yeah no i i uh it's it's weird because it's like I never really get excited about new Eli Roth films at this point, but it's like, huh, <laughs> he's, he's making something I kind of want to like here. <laughs> so that's that's good to know. Uh, but yeah, no. So the House of the Clock and the Twelves arrives in theaters September twenty first. So the week after the Predator, we have yeah, the House of the like, Clock and the Twelves competing with each other. Yeah. yeah so so there's that. All right, let's move on. Well, let's they get, both have kids in them. They both so have I kids mean... in them. They're both kind of horror-y, you know, so horror adjacent. <laughs> They're both going to have wit, smart dialogue. Yeah, yeah that's true. probably true. Yeah. So. Probably, now, probably both of them are going to have like, skinned human beings as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how horrible, horrific is this going to get? Uh, for, for an Amblin movie. <laughs> From the studio that brought you E.T. <laughs> I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show before, but I, I just I still get freaked out when I watch E.T. I'm, I'm one of those in the minority that's not a huge fan of E.T. Because it scares you? When he turns all white and then like when the people are invading their house, yeah, it spooks that's, me that's, out. That's the desired effect, though. Why does that make you less of a fan of the movie? It's not that it made me less of a fan, but I, I, when, I, when I first saw it, it kind of just freaked me out a little bit so yeah, it's, I it's, it's effective that's that's the point that's true yeah i haven't really gone back and revisited it since in in full that should so. put you down on et that should be like wow this movie really worked on me that's true yeah good job <laughs> okay. steve spielberg okay. let's move on our next trailer is for action point uh this is the new uh film starring johnny knoxville um uh, which is you know, it, it's like it's in jackass territory, except it's it's kind of like bad grandpa. It seems where it has like an actual plot and structure to the things that are going on uh, as far as like the crazy stunts or whatnot. This so you have Johnny Knoxville who he plays like an owner of a low rent amusement park. And in order to compete with the new fancy, not low rent amusement park, he decides, hey, why don't we get rid of all the rules and make it even less safe than it already is to promote like more people coming on and lots of crazy stunts ensue. I think this trailer looks pretty like hilarious. I, the, the, the Jackass movies, particularly one and three, I think there's some really creative stuff in them as far as the stunts go. I think there's some things that are like, this is not just like goofy, but like, I like the kind of artistic design of some of the ideas they're going for in these. And this is, I, I like this idea. This just looks like fun. Like it doesn't need to have a greater purpose to me. It just looks like, okay, I generally like Johnny Knoxville and his group. Like as far as their kind of stunts go as, depending on how gross they get, like the less gross, some more, <laughs> the vi- the physical pain doesn't bother me, but some the grossness gets to me. But regardless, th- I think this looks pretty entertaining. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely here for this. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I love all the jackass movies and this is, this is interesting because like, I don't know. I remember like the grandpa one kind of having, but not really. Yeah, it's more. It's a like plot. a loose plot. Well, this yeah. one, like for a second, I was like, "Is this just? Is this just a normal movie?" And then, like, you realize, no, they're, they're going to be doing all sorts of crazy stuff, and and it looks like it indeed is creative. But of course, I'm just like, what like painkillers does Johnny Knoxville <laughs> like, be right? on <laughs> at this age to still try to do this stuff? Like, I just. <laughs> 
I was just like, just like, just feel the pain through the screen, like on even the most minor of things, and they're crap that they're not gonna be minor at all. So it's kind of funny. It uh, looks like it's like a yeah, it's like a cross between Jackass and uh, oh, what is that? What is that? The movie with with the uh, yeah with that guy and that girl in the amusement park. One of them is Kristen Stewart. Adventureland. Adventureland. Yeah. yeah. First, we're, I was thinking we're gonna get to another trailer. Uh, maybe not this week, but we'll get to another one. Uh, I was, I was first. You're thinking a way, way back, and I was like, oh no, uh, Adventureland. That makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you, Abe? You know, I certainly uh, had a few moments where I laughed out loud, but on the whole, I, I haven't. I, I, I have YouTube binged uh, Jackass and all their scenes, but I haven't seen their their movies. Um, wow. I, I do laugh like really hard when I watch them, <laughs> except for some of them, I'm just like cringing because, like yep. what you guys have mentioned, uh-huh. it's um, it's kind of just like that must have really hurt, or you know that that must like I don't know what's going on here, but that guy just like looks like he really got like punched in the face really hard. He might have a concussion or something like that. Um, I think that the premise of you know Giant Knoxville acting as a character that's trying to create this thing. I, again, I didn't see Bad Grandpa, but I heard that it worked out pretty well. So you know, it got, a, it, got an, it got an Oscar nomination, if I recall, for best well, makeup. Wow. For big, best, best, best makeup, makeup. Okay, best makeup. Yeah, kudos, because <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people were like, "What is this old man doing on this rocking horse?" But um, the the stuff that got me like kind of like going "Ooh" was uh, when he's being shot into the barn, mm-hmm. and you can clearly see that he didn't go to the part where it was supposed to like break because his knees seemed like they hit some pieces of wood that were not going to move. So I'm just like, I don't, I, I'm just really like, hope that he's okay. But Giant Knoxville, he's, uh, he is, he's great in his interviews. I really enjoy him when he's talking to people. Cause he's very, um, he's very open about how the stunts come about and how, how things worked or didn't work. So I'm always very appreciative of him and that. So, for this one, you know, I, I'm not crazy excited. Like, it's not as though it's not in my wheelhouse. So I, I, I will go see like it if if Aaron is like, you got to go see this. But it's just something that I'm, I'm probably <laughs> what not. What a ringing endorsement. Well, I, I, we never. I mean, it's not something that comes up on the podcast as far as what do you think of the Jackass movies. But I, I you know, we never really talk about it. So it's like, yeah, if you ever watch, if you're like passing familiarity and you kind of find it funny. Yeah, it's not going to like rank very high. I'm not even saying it ranks very high for me. I am a fan of the Jackass stuff to an extent, but this I like the I, I like this premise enough to be like, huh? That, that seems that's that's kind of neat. The idea of like a, a terrible amusement park and just all these stunts going like terribly wrong for people involved with it, which is a weird thing to say. But I guess it, I guess it is like like you just said about Knoxville. He does have this kind of likable personality where it's like. I don't mind seeing him get hurt for whatever reason. Like it's kind, of, it's enjoyable to see this grown man doing this kind of damage to his body for our amusement. He's yeah. like the Tom I mean, like, Cruise of horrible stunts for <laughs> douchebags. <laughs> but like you know, as as like uh, crazy as the stunts are, he's just very. Uh, he's got a level head about them. You know, he's he's not gonna do something that's gonna kill him per se, but. Uh, you should watch be... some of the Jackass movies and wonder if that same point should hold true still. No, I mean like again, I've seen some of those and. I, I am very, it, it's very questionable, but again, it, I think that he goes in with uh, a mindset of, you know, let's try and do something that really pushes the envelope here, but uh, I, I certainly you know, want to walk away from this so I can talk about it or, you know, have some good laughs with some people about it, uh, but it's it's pretty fucking crazy. 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, Action Point hits theaters June 1st, so it's coming pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think it's might be some of our um, uh, uh, dark horses on the on the Summer Gamble as well. So I'll be curious. The Jackass movies do make money, by the way. I haven't heard anything about this until you sent me for the trailer this week, though. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I've seen it a couple times, but, yeah, it's, you know. It, yeah, I bet once it, it'll start ramping up and it's uh, ads. Super, like I have been getting very curious how some of these more side movies get get targeted these days because I, I sometimes I feel like I just like I just wasn't. It's impressive I don't because watch the right things to get the trailer. I was about to say because you guys watch more sports than I do, and that's where I know so many trailers go. So I'm like, because I don't I I don't see trailers too often or TV spots too often unless right. it's on like shows yeah. that I'm. You know, watching it is generally for like big movies that everybody knows are coming already. So it's like I, I am curious as well as so like where things get. But then again, Paramount's not exactly in the you know the prime as far as their movies being giant hits, and there might be a reason why. But uh, regardless, yeah. let's move on to our next trailer, which is Hotel Artemis, which I mentioned earlier, uh, which stars among other people uh, Sterling K. Brown, Jodie Foster, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, uh, uh, Sophia, Dave Batella, Batista, Dave Batista, yeah. Charlie Day, Zachary Quinto, uh, Jenny Slate. And uh, Brian Tyree Henry of Atlanta. Uh, yeah. This movie is if like someone watched John Wick and they thought, "Huh, that hotel premise is pretty interesting. Let me put it in the future and make it a little more ghetto and see what happens." And that's what we have. Like, it's, it's... I actually was one. I thought this was the first like John Wick extended universe. I, yeah, it, it certainly kind of has that. Have they talked about that? <laughs> yeah, they're they're making a TV show called The Continental. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, so it's written and directed by Drew Pierce, who wrote who co-wrote Iron Man three with Shane Black. We're bringing it back to where it's full circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well as um, he was one of the co-writers on uh, Rogue Nation, um, as well. Um, so this is his I guess this is his directorial debut. Um, that is yep that's true. Uh, he did one of the he did one of the Marvel one shots. I just saw that. Okay. Regardless, this is his full theatrical uh, directorial debut. And like I said, I, I just told you the premise, which is that uh, let's start with John this time. John, what did you think of the trailer for this? I don't know. I mean, I saw this one quite a while back, and I, I don't know what movie, and I was like, oh, like, it's it's another one where it's like, oh, that's cool that that person, then there's this person, and, like, you know, it's great to have Jeff Goldblum in another movie, being some eccentric dude, but am I just weird? I, I can't get really jazzed up even after seeing this trailer. I don't know why, but it just kind of... I don't want to say it seems like paid by numbers, but like the way it's just presented is kind of like, here's a person, here's a person, here's a person, and there's some action, and it, it didn't really dazzle me as far as what it was going to look like. I, but maybe I'm off base on this one. I hear you. What about you, Abe? I don't know if you're too far off base, because I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, it, I like the idea of it, but the thing is, um, like what you guys are saying, it's drawing from something that I've seen in John Wick and John Wick 2, um, so the, the thing is that those have built like worlds around that are established in my mind. Um, whereas this one's just like, okay, well, it seems like it's a crime world and yeah, there's like underground crime hospitals run by Jodie Foster, um, uh, running around in her, in her nurse's uniform, like night and day kind of thing. Um, the thing that I would say is that I like that they have a cast of characters here that seem as though... Or I guess I've seen them in other things that I've enjoyed them in, um, including Sophia Botella, uh, whether that's uh, the Kingsman stuff or if you... I mean, she really didn't have a lot to do in... Um, what's the one with Charlize Theron? 
um, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. Yeah, she didn't really have a whole lot to do well, there. She's but... the Mummy. I mean, that'd be the other. Yeah. You know, uh, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Actually. All right, yeah, most but... people do. I'm just saying she is like you know she's the titular <laughs> Mummy in that movie. She's the title character. Right. <laughs> so. But um, I, I think that the action kind of looks dark. I mean, not in terms of dark humor or dark dark sensibilities. Just like I can't see anything because yeah. it's kind of just like you know. It's grimy. Nighttime. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I kind of feel like is a little bit weird is just like it seems like it's too chaotic, meaning like, you know, you, we've seen stuff like Dread and, you know, the idea of a one building, people coming in to try and get something that you have. Um, that's a very neat concept, whether that's Dread or the Raid. Uh, it's just that this one, I, I don't know how to certainly feel about it. I, I'm curious about watching it, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was disappointed. Yeah, it's... Uh... What's that movie that came out last? The, the Belko Experiment. I, um, which I, I wouldn't say... <sighs> okay, so that that's that movie that was written by uh, Zach Penn. Or it's not Zach Penn. James Gunn. Zach Penn. James Zach Gunn. Penn. <laughs> I, I had two one-syllable names. James Gunn. Um, that was like the like the entire office gets like puts under gets put under like a quarantine and they all have to kill each other and the one person that survives gets to leave. Remember that movie that came out last year? Johnson McGinley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Johnson McGinley, he was in there, and so was Michael Rooker and a lot of people. Um, that movie's I. It's like it's not great. It uh, you know it kind of gets in and out. It's this grimy little R-rated movie. That's kind of like the low end of what I think this could be like. On the high end, I think this could be like something like Free Fire, where it's just like a contained movie featuring an elaborate cast of people doing what they need to do within like ninety minutes. And you're like, okay, that was fun. Um, I think this movie will get entirely by on its cast. Um, the fact that you have people like Jodie Foster of all like leading this thing, it's like, well, that's interesting. I I, would, I wouldn't have expected Jodie Foster to be the lead of a movie like this. Um, yeah. And then like you know midway through the trailer, Jeff Goldblum pops in, which is not entirely surprising, but at the same time, I was like, huh, that's a that's a fun turnaround as far as who's like yeah. the the gang leader of like the opposing side here. But, you know, but seeing people like Batista. Uh, and you know the in the others, even Sterling K. Brown is like, okay, that makes more sense. I get that. Like that, that's yeah. that, that's not out of the ordinary. But if this is a if the cast's you know chemistry and just like their inherent charisma works well enough in the film's favor, then I think the movie can go over well enough. I agree with you as far as kind of hey, it's this idea again in a different movie. Let's do that kind of thing. Is and seeing how far that you know what kind of mileage you get out of that. And I agree that it looks pretty grimy and dark. And it's like I don't know if it's going to be all that exciting as far as a piece of action cinema but as far as like a an ensemble dark comedy which it kind of seems like it's hinting towards even though it's mostly an action movie i can get behind that i like the cast yeah. well enough where i'm like yeah let's i want to see where this goes again it's you know much like action point it's not gonna be on the you know the high end of like movies i'm really looking forward to seeing but it's doing enough for me within this trailer we're like okay i'm interested we'll, we'll see where this goes so so yeah uh hotel artemis arrives in theaters june 8th a week after action points. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So what's the next one? The next one we have here: uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. This is. I didn't, I didn't really hear the the exclamation point. Okay, let me say it again. Back up. Teen Titans go to the movies. Okay. Is that better? Is that good? Yeah, sure. Okay, use take two. <laughs> oh, I, I thought the way you had to say it was like, like you had to be like Teen Titans exclamation point goes to the movies. You know what? You're right. Let me. Okay, let's go. Let's. let's oh, that, okay, that's let's, not what I was thinking. No, yeah, no you're right though, because that, that is that is an out now 
way to go on this. So here, I'm gonna, yeah. I, here's what I'm gonna do this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start low. I'm gonna build up, say exclamation point, and then and then like fade out. So here we go. Movie here, studio here, voice. Here, here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Teen Titans Go! Exclamation point to the movies. Much better. That's good. Much better. I know. That, that's I exactly that. what I have. I crushed that. As a person I crushed who, that. who can't see the written word right now, I completely understand how it <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that that's out of the way and we've lost three more listeners, um, Teen Titans Go! to the movies. <laughs> so is, they're like, what is this episode? Teen Titans equals three listeners gone? I get it. <laughs> this is an, uh, the, the kind of the, uh, the, the theatrical adaptation of the, of the TV show Teen Titans Go! Um, that is the most like uh, intellectual way you could say it. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, I I don't know this show. Um, I know a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson, is a huge fan of the show, and he's really excited for this movie. I don't know this show any more than what the trailer for this movie has shown me so far. So what I could say is, hey, that looks entertaining. Um, I like that it seems like a fairly meta animated movie uh, based around. The, the kind of the superhero world that we currently live in and specifically DC superhero movies from the two minute trailer I've seen, there's a lot of jokes about DC's universe, um, yeah. whether it's green lantern or, or um, Batman v Superman, those kind of things. So there's like a lot of, there's a lot to take in there as a movie fan and presumably kids love this show. So I know a friend of the show, Jim Dietz, his kids love the show and they can't wait to see this movie more than anything this summer. So, I mean, so there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of potential I see here. Um, what about you guys? Abe, how about you? You know, I, I mentioned this very briefly when we were talking about this, I think during the summer gamble, but I, I enjoyed the teen Titans where they weren't as, you know, again, Funko pop, uh, centered drawn because they they kind of had they dealt with some better themes uh, whereas this one's like a revamp and it's a little bit more fun and cheeky the trailer itself is that's what I've heard by the way that there is there was a or another version that was more that was less of what this movie version seems to be where that was more of like a traditional not tradi- but like a superhero show that was kind of right. fun where the newer version is more of like a meta commentary on things yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, Robin's more of a jerk and like the other one, he's kind of like leader slash jerk slash fun guy. Um, and this one, he's like, you know, he's like goofy jerk, goofy fun guy, goofy leader kind of thing. Um, but with all that being said, though, the, the trailer is like, I guess it's fine. I mean, it's certainly not for me because um, I don't watch the show. So I don't know, I guess, the, the cast of the characters and, and how they act around one another all that well. Um, but I do like that they've got some meta stuff with regards to the DC movies and whatever else. Uh, without I like, all that I, like being that, said, I like that Cyborg is in this, so he's in both Justice League and this. <laughs> that, that makes me laugh. <laughs> I mean, he's part of he's part of that Teen Titans team. I know, I know. It's just, it's just funny to me that that Cyborg is the crossover character between these universes. <laughs> yeah, but what's what's interesting is you know we 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 talked about. Um, I know that this isn't really the same property, but uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, or not not Spider-Man. Uh, uh, what, what's the Spider-Man Enter the Spider Verse? Thank you. Yeah, Spider-Man Enter the Spider Verse, and I think that they've got a really neat animation style in that movie. Whereas in this one, this just looks like the TV show, yeah, but for sixty minutes or for for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So I, I like when movies kind of take an extra effort to give us something else that you wouldn't get in the TV series, because otherwise. Why wouldn't you just make this a TV movie and break it up into like three parts? I'm, I am curious if it will incorporate more cinematic type ideas into a. No, given that I've already said that I don't know this show, I'm curious if the 
you know, if I if I see this movie, if there'll be something there that shows me that, oh, this is why this is on the big screen beyond just like sure. the plot being more than a standard episode. The thing I can call back to is something like Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which was obviously it's a big screen version of Batman the Animated Series. But there was like they did have like an operatic score that, that opened the film. There was some CG stuff that hadn't been done before. Um, for that, so so they like they try they made it a movie that worked as a theatrical. They they put it in uh, two thirty five. They put it in widescreen. So it's like yeah. so they had they had aspirations to make it more of an event than just like look at this cartoon show on the big screen. So I, I am yeah I'm curious if this kind of has the same thing. But uh, John, how about you? Are you familiar with? No, this I mean show? I, I feel like you guys have done a good job here. I. I mm-hmm. I would say if you like the IP, go for it. Um, right. But otherwise, I probably, you know, I'll probably sit this one out. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. But I'm not gonna hate on it. <laughs> no, no worries. Yeah, I agree. Agree. I'm not gonna hate on it. There, it's just, there is some it's definitely not for me. There's some, and like, I mean, if you want to talk about great WB animated property stuff, like the Lego Batman movie that works as a cinematic experience. They went out like that, even though it's Legos, they go all out in those movies as far as making it this kind of like, yeah, I like seeing this on the big screen. They have a great like, you know, score and the effects are big and fun yeah. and like it makes it work. But Or even something that I didn't like as much related to that, the Ninjago movie, right? Yeah, you know, which... it does look different from its TV property mm-hmm. and they, they have like a plot line that would fit for an entire movie, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, again, I'm not hanging on Teen Titans Go, but it's uh, certainly a family movie for people that i mean if it's great if i see it and it's great i'm not gonna be unhappy <laughs> that it, that it was very fun and funny you know what i mean i i will i will point this out as i um with the lego batman movie they they brought in billy d williams to voice two-face which i thought was an amazing like callback nice. joke. um and so this one they actually have nicholas cage voicing superman which is a great callback to once to when he was gonna play superman in the what well, could have been yeah with in the, the, uh, in tim, the tim burton tim superman burton. movie so it's like that kind of stuff gets me excited like it's just it's so like why not and then it happens and it's like oh 20 years later or whatever we're fulfilling the dream of this thing that could have been yeah. Um, so yeah, regardless, uh, teen, sorry, teen Titans go exclamation point to the movies, uh, horizon <laughs> theaters, July 27th. That was probably your best one. Fourth that time was good. Time. Yeah. Thank you. It sounds almost exactly. Maybe like the you first should one. say it like five to 10 more times and we'll, we'll, we have, we'll lock we, it in. Well, that's the same weekend as what, um, as fallout. So we'll, you know, we'll talk, I'll talk about that in passing. I'm sure. So we'll have plenty more times <laughs> to, to mention it. Fallout. Uh, anyway, let's get to, let's get to more IP. Um, uh, next up we have Robin hood. The Robin Hood movie you've been asking for forever. (laughs) Yeah, everyone was like sending their letters in and they're like, we need more Robin Hood. You know what we need right now? It is Robin Hood. (laughs) But guys, what if you you rebooted it and made it gritty? (laughs) You know... Give it some of that 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 Christopher Nolan juice, huh? What about yeah. that? It literally starts what out about, with a what blah. About at the, what about, what about or that guy arrows? Richie Juice? The, the, what about the, shooting arrows? It actually you know? starts with a shooting blah at the beginning of the trailer, which so it was like, wow, we're going there, huh? Um, <laughs> what about Jamie Foxx, guys? The, the, huh? the craziest yeah, thing. The cra- that's what Robin Hood was missing was some Jamie Foxx. What gets me about this trailer or about just the existence of this movie is. Somehow we had that King Arthur movie last year, which is on HBO a lot now, so now I keep seeing clips of it, and I see, like, the good clips. I'm like, this is that Guy Ritchie part that I really like, before it gets to, like, this is that generic part I really don't like. And I kept thinking, why why did Guy Ritchie not direct Robin Hood? This seems so much more in his wheelhouse as far as, like, a criminal that robs for people and gives to the poor. Like, that seems so much more like a, Rob, a, a Guy Ritchie joint than King Arthur. But here we are with a no-name director, Otto Barthust. 
directing this. He's done a lot of. Uh, he did a Peaky Blind. Peaky Blinders is his thing. He directed one of the uh, Black Mirror episodes as well. So he's like. Okay, he's, but by the way, have you ever seen a trailer where there was like a reveal in the trailer? <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we didn't talk about sure, You weren't sure which one of these actors was Robin Hood. <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, because even even I we'll get to it. Yeah, it's. I, I like how we're like. I'm just like. I'm like. We're not. We're not even gonna let Aaron like describe. Well, this like because I we're no, just gonna no. rip on it. The entire That's because like I, I totally have like other things that I want to rip on it as well. Well, because there's it's a not lot just that. Well, this is because there's everything wrong with this movie. Is <laughs> is like what's wrong with like Hollywood in general? Where it's like. Let's get a new Robin Hood that no one cares about. Let's, you know, let's cast a, a young white guy that doesn't put people into seats as much as we like Taron Egerton on the show. And we do. I'm a big Taron Egerton fan. I like, yeah, he, I like, he's a he's part of our Kingsman, he's a part right? of our script that we're writing. Yeah, he's from the Kingsman. He's yeah, he's in the script that Abe and I are writing. He's <laughs> he's a, he's Eddie the Eagle, which I thought was just really charming. It's, um, it's a charming movie. He's the best part of Sing. I mean, he's, he's a guy. He's a guy I like Sing. It's <laughs> like, but it's like, let, yeah, let's cast, you know, let's cast a black guy actor in this dark and gritty reboot of a movie that no one really, you know, cares about and give it a give it a hundred million dollar budget and just see just see what happens just throw it out there how much uh, was the budget i assume it's it's got to be over 100 million that's that's what these yeah, things are uh-huh. it, yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs> um by the time of marketing and all that they spent 100 million dollars on this but yeah. yeah there we are we have robin hood now uh, what is it um like 20 so eight years after the the uh the 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 um ridley scott robin hood with uh, with uh russell crowe we have a new one and you got Taron Egerton, you have Jamie Foxx as Little John, Ben Mendelsohn as Sheriff of Nottingham. Those are all things I like. I like those ideas, but just this, the, the trailer, just nothing for me. Um, Abe, what do you want to point out here? <laughs> so there, there were a lot of articles. I, I didn't watch the trailer before I read these articles. I was seeing like a buzz about Robin Hood. And I was like, okay, what's this all about? And people were like, how is this that they have this kind of stitching back in like the 1500s? And I was like, okay, well, I haven't seen the trailer Maybe well, the, this the, is a modern day Robin Hood. Nope. nope, um, nope. And then I, I start watching the trailer, and you know how some trailers now are, are very rude, and they show you two action sequences, and they're like, "Now the trailer for Robin Hood." And I was like, "What the fuck is going on here? How did he get those arrows out of his quiver and shoot two guys that quickly?" The reason that, that this is a big problem is because he's already moving in slow motion. He'd have to be moving at, like, the speed of light in order to, like, shoot a guy, turn over, and shoot another guy, like, perfectly in the chest. This movie makes no sense. And also, I agree with John Van Dyke that I I didn't know who was Robin Hood at first. I was thinking to myself, oh, that'd be cool if Jamie Foxx was Robin Hood. And then they're just like, oh, by the way, Taron Egerton is Robin Hood, and Jamie Foxx is, like, his, uh, his buddy, Little John. And I was like, oh, man, you, you kind of ruined some, some secret stuff here. I, I'm I think not you're a fan you're, t- you're, you're taking this the wrong way. It's very obvious that t- for us anyway, and for anybody that you know was kind of smart, that Taron Egerton yeah. is Robin Hood. He's the star of the movie. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not a surprise to me. It's just like as John, you were pointing out, it's like it's just like the trailer has the gall to think we're misdirecting you for the first minute. And <laughs> we're giving you the like, idea. What am I? No, you're he's barely. What am I, Robin? Right. <laughs> Turns into Spartacus. Um, but uh, I'm not a fan of the trailer, and it's probably because of everything you guys have mentioned. It's yeah, I mean, it's something that again, like Aaron, I mentioned this, and I'm very much on board. Just like you know, nobody asked Guy Ritchie to make a King Arthur tra- movie. And we saw it, and it wasn't very good. I mean, there are some parts, some sequences 
that even I'm just like, oh, wow, that was that was really nice. You know, uh, for example, the Lady of the Lake sequence stuff. I was like, this is pretty cool. This is kind of in line with kind of like this larger fable. But for the most part, it's like Robin Hood. Nobody even asked for like a Kevin Costner one. And that one wasn't as good. Yeah, to be fair, that movie was a giant hit. I mean, it was, was a giant <laughs> smash hit. Yeah, I, I, I'm fully aware. But, you know, the one that, the, the Robin Hood that I really liked. Uh, yeah, but what if he shot more arrows, Abe? If he shot <laughs> yeah, more Tyson arrows. More arrow and, shooting? And, always, yeah. and always jumps. You can't be on the ground when you're shooting arrows. Right. <laughs> what, yeah. if, what if there were real world consequences where Robin Hood actually killed people? Can I, can I interest you in that? Holy <laughs> crap. I'd just be like dark and gritty. Here we go. Hotel Artemis Robin Hood series. What if, what if, what if maybe Robin Hood's got some daddy issues? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's very true. Very true. But for the most part, it's just that I, I it feels like something that we've seen before and for a premise that everyone knows. I mean, okay, you steal from the rich, give it to the poor. What else are we going to learn here? Um, the other thing yeah, is you're going like, to learn that, that, he's, that he's, yeah, he's Robin Hood. It's not your father's that's Robin true. Hood, that's for it's, sure. Yeah, it's not your fault. Good callback. Good callback. Anyhow, there you go. John, you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just here for the for the archery. Okay. <laughs> I like the poster that it's you know a bunch of arrows that look like trees. And then the the random girl who's just like, hey. By the way, are there like two women in here that are love interests? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I, my mind was too busy being blown that that uh, <laughs> this that the uh, that the actor dude was Robin Hood. <laughs> well, I thought he was like the king or something. Well, Robin Hood arrives in theaters November twenty first, so <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend when you're not seeing whatever other big movie already came out, you can go see Robin Hood. Um, let's move on. Let's get to our next trailer, which is Crazy Rich Asians. Um, this is an upcoming summer comedy, uh, romantic comedy, uh, starring Constance Wu. Uh, Henry Golding, uh, Michelle Yeoh, and something called an Aquafina. That's going to be a joke. I'll keep doing. I'm sorry. I don't. It's just. It's... You know, she's got a funny web series when she talks to comedians, but I, I never expected her to make the transition into full-on movies. And I was like, pretty proud of her, actually. So, based, I mean, based on cool. based, based on the jokes and whatnot in the trailer and the Ocean's Eight stuff, it's like, okay, there's some funny stuff going on. Regardless, yeah. this, is a, this is a movie. It's based off a hit book, right? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's based off of a uh, hit fiction book. Yeah. I, you know, when I first read the title of the book and people were bringing it up to me, I was like, oh, that's a pretty clever way to name a biography or something like that. But yeah, it's it's just made up about a crazy rich Asian guy. Who um, is engaged to Constance Wu character. Constance Wu doesn't realize that he's crazy rich and then, he do- then she does. And what, they go to... They go to um, sick- they go to Singapore, right? They go to Singapore. Because he's not rich, he's comfortable. He's <laughs> and then there's all this all this drama ensues involving her, or you know, comedic shenanigans ensued involving her trying to kind of win the affection of the of the mother as well as yeah. while being with the with uh, her husband to be. Um, what do you guys think? What do, what do you think of it, John? John, well, I think, think this movie is going to be good, but this this trailer sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, come on! Like, really? They didn't have the confidence to not show us the entire effing movie in the trailer. Like they, like they, they couldn't like you know leave out one part of the arc of the movie. Like, they, <laughs> this is just my you want to get pet in the seat in the world. I can't like handle when it became okay to put the entire movie in a trailer. Why, oh why? I mean, I definitely want to support this movie, but if we're just reviewing the trailer, why? 
why is it so, why is it so long and has every part of the movie in it? I, I mean, my argument is that it's a romantic comedy where the arc is kind of predictable at this point in 2018. What if he dumps her at the end, Aaron? Well, you don't know that huh? that happens, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen Coming into America. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I agree with John Van Dyke. I mean, it, this trailer kind of gives a lot of weight. It's not to say that I'm not going to go see it. I think the movie does look very well made and looks like it's competent. And there's all these actors in here that I that I do very much uh, enjoy seeing. Um so it's, it's just one of those things where, yeah, the trailer doesn't thrill me, but uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I was pretty happy that there's like a movie with all Asian cast, and it's it's pretty uh, – uh, that kind of has me kind of pumped to and, uh, for the movie. And director yeah, uh, director John M. Chu, who I am a fan of. Fast and the Furious. No, that's, that, that's, that, that's Justin oh, Lin. Justin Lin. Uh, John <laughs> – John M. Chu, he did the he did Step Up Two, yeah, Step Up Step Up Two and Step Up Three D. The what best. If Justin Lin did this movie. <laughs> if Justin Lin did this movie, I'd also be on board. I'd be on board of either way. I like both of them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the GI Joe sequel, um, Now You See Me Too, which was perfectly suited for him as far as like kind of movies he can do. Uh, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of John M. Chu, and so it's like, oh, cool, he's got a, a new movie with a lot of talented people made up of you know people you don't see leading movies very often, which is always the kind of movie that I like to support. Yeah. Um, so no, this is good. I I have a friend who actually uh, there was a L.A. screening uh, already, and they they said it was great. So I'm looking awesome. forward to it. Yeah, no, to hear I, that. I'm, yeah, I. It, it's good to it is good to hear that and yeah uh, what's Constance Wu she's on uh, Fresh Off the Boat she's the, you know, she's, the, she's the the lead mom on that show she's very funny there so she gets to be you know the star of a movie now good for her you know yeah uh, Crazy Rich Asians hits theaters August seventeenth so towards the end of the summer again it would have been in my dark horse but it's just too late in our in our summer gamble yeah it's late as far as yeah making ducats of money to get in the top right. ten but uh, I, I still want it to make ducats of money just in two weeks I don't know how much it's gonna make. In comparison to everything else that's been released earlier, it's the kind of thing though where it shouldn't be a surprise when it does do well. Right. Even though you'll, I see would head... be shocked if this didn't do well. It would be a pretty big bummer. I just, I think people are going to show up. I'll be shocked if they, don't, if I don't see articles from like Variety saying "crazy surprise" is "crazy rich Asian surprises" or something like that. Some <laughs> Wait a minute, those, those sound like articles written by people that we know. <laughs> there are bad writers of Variety. Let me tell you, <laughs> those headlines sound very familiar. Shots. <laughs> our uh, our last trailer here we're going to talk about we've been talking about trailers for a while <laughs> last trailer <laughs> that's what happens when you say there's like eight trailers i know our last trailer is under the silver lake uh, which is from director david robert mitchell who directed it follows uh, a horror film that i was a huge fan of this now is a, a giant shift it's, it's a neo-noir uh, a comedic neo-noir uh, starring andrew garfield and riley keogh uh andrew garfield plays Oh, is that Riley Keough? Yeah. Okay. He he plays, I guess, just like a nobody, <laughs> like a nobody, <laughs> de- a nobody who becomes like a detective of sorts because his. I feel girl... like what you're saying is that that this trailer didn't really make any sense, and we have no idea what the plot is. I know. I get the basic gist of the plot. It's he's looking. He's looking for his missing girlfriend. Well, I mean, they only hung out one night. Yeah, but he's still he's still looking for her. Like, <laughs> if it, if I if I thought of anything that it came close to, it's obviously inherent vice. That was that was right. the, the, the complete movie yeah. I thought of right away. Except it's set in modern times, um, and you have you have uh, what's it, you have Topher Grace in here. Uh, you got a lot of people that pop up in here. Uh, regardless, I'm a big fan of it. Follows. I really want to see what 
David Robert Mitchell does next. And so now we have, you know, the first example of that. So yeah, I, I am looking forward to this quite a bit. Um, it's a two, four release. So I'm automatically inclined to think this will be one of the best movies of the year. Um, so it's like, why, why not? Why would I not want to see this? But Abe, what about you? <laughs> like what you mentioned, it's a two, four release. A two, four has been one of the studios that I've been championing ever since like what they released something back in like 2008 or something like that, like super small films. And uh, 20, well, 2013 do... is when they started, but yeah, 2013. Yeah. yeah but they're young. You know, they're a young studio. You're I, correct. We, we've been huge fans of them on the show here. Um, but with all that being said though, yeah, this movie looks, it looks, uh, uh, quirky, inventive, kind of like mysteriously, like on a, on a spooky level too. Cause I mean, yeah, David Robert Mitchell, he, he's, uh, he's done some movie or he's done a movie that I, I still think about from time to time and, uh, it stuck with me, but something that this also reminded me of was, um, um what's that movie with mark duplass building the time machine safety not guaranteed safety not guaranteed yeah it's, it's I, got it's, i believe like, like your, your favorite or second trevorrow favorite film of the year house. that's true yeah colin yeah Charlie, colin trevorrow right <laughs> so it, it's got that weird sensibility and quirk to it that i'm just uh i'm curious about so uh i'm glad to see andrew garfield doing these these types of roles as well you know not that he hasn't done these small indie movies but um sometimes people kind of just like decide to leave uh, the small indie roles and, and embrace their stardom and, and do larger films without going back and uh, I'm glad that he's he's doing a, a small independent movie. I'll say Andrew Garfield when I, I I started noticing him from small things like the like Boy A, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really good one. Uh, what the Red Riding trilogy? He's in like the first part of that. Uh, the Never Let Me Go. Like he's he he's got plenty of indie cred in my book as far yeah. as like things he's done and it's like yeah he's also peter parker good for him I and mean, i thought he was good as peter parker but you know it's uh neat it's good to, it's nice to see him back in like let's see him well, do something like this again yeah in a non like self-serious role sometimes i do think yeah yeah he's a little like that <laughs> no i so, get you, i get you for sure yeah i do think the trailer no the trailer looks fun um the trailer is kind of all over the map and sporadic so like i kind of just like took it going through and like more on the promise of it rather than what the trailer showed because it just like it's like oh it's gonna just be like some crazy you know crazy thing <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh no i i think it um yeah looks super interesting it, it'll be fun for people who live in la too it looks like it's gonna have a lot of fun with the locations there <laughs> um but uh yeah no i i definitely feel positive about it even though like it was kind of like a pretty psychedelic trailer and you're kind of like whoa what just happened <laughs> all right well under the silver lake hits theaters and limited release in on june 22nd i'm sure it will kind of spread a little bit from there i'm uh, certainly looking forward to it and that wraps up all the trailers we've been talking for this week. So we're going to get into some... You can find more of my work. <laughs> we're gonna, let's get to some main reviews now. We're going to get to one main review that all three of us have seen uh, first, which is for the film Tully. Hello. I'm Tully. I'm here to take care of you. I'm just not used to people doing things for me. baby all day and then nighttime rolls around and i'm supposed to just switch gears like hello i'm all sexy now you're empty yeah no you're empty on this side (sighs) your 20s are great but then your 30s come around the corner like a garbage truck at 5 a.m girls kill no we don't 
We might look like we're all better, but if you look close, we're covered in concealer. You're convinced that you're this failure, but you actually made your biggest dream come true. If you want to run off or something, I get that, because I want to do that too sometimes, but I'm not gonna. I'm here to help you with everything. You can't fix the parts without treating the whole. Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Tully. This is the new film from director Jason Reitman and writer Diablo Cody. The two have collaborated on Juno and Young Adult, which also starred uh, Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron now is back as well for Tully with them. This, so this makes it their, the second of this triumvirate. Um, the film features Charlie Theron as Marlo, the mother of two, expecting another. Um, and it's been difficult as far as kind of having an average life of her husband, played by Ron Livingston. Um, once the third child is born, uh, she has an opportunity to hire a night nanny to help um, with the newborn. And eventually she takes that opportunity. The night nanny is played by Kenzie Davis, who arrives in something of a fairly sunny disposition. And things go from <laughs> there. I'll just put it that way. Uh, John. What are your thoughts on on the, the Reitman-Cody collaborations, and where are you with this movie? I mean, I'm, like, Diablo Cody is probably one of my top three writers, as far as uh, the Hollywood goes, so I'm always super psyched. Full disclosure, she's from Iowa, so that's probably another reason <laughs> I, I root for her, but, I mean, honestly, uh, I like overly stylized dialogue. Uh, young Adult's probably one of the most important movies uh, to me, uh, in, in like, especially in my like adulthood. Um, and so I was really psyched that, uh, these three, cause, cause I will say Reitman probably pulls the best out of her, even though I do ride for Jennifer's body a little bit. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, Ricky and the flash was fine, but, but it's really the three, now I forgot she wrote Ricky and the flash, but I like that movie yeah, quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So, I mean, so those are kind of without Reitman, and I, I do think she's a little sharper when when she's collaborating with him. And then of course Charlize Theron. I mean, she's she's just always so good in these types of roles where it's a little bit of an uglier side of the human being. So I mean, I I, I think this isn't quite as good. Like Young Adult is just like pantheon for me. So I don't think this one quite hits there, but I do think that this kind of reminds you of why we like these two people this this writer and this director i think probably this is reitman's best work of the three in the collaboration at least to me as far as camera work and kind of just getting us along um but i i don't know but i'm still like even though i really liked this movie i really enjoyed it i'm, I'm a little mixed on it and, and you kind of have to be careful i think our, our, our listeners probably know though that there's kind of a lot of how you might feel about this movie is in the back, you know, third of the movie and mm -hmm. where it really takes off after the night nanny comes in. And it kind of, there's moments at the end that, that kind of color the rest of the movie in a, in a very different way. And, and so kind of, I don't know if we'll, find a, a, a spoiler world or not. Yeah. We're not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think but we're going to go to spoilers. Movie, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a movie very contingent on, like, you can either just say, I enjoyed the ride, and it was a lot of fun, or you can kind of pick nits at it a little bit. There's little, there's lots of little things you can kind of pick at in this movie if you want, but there's 
a ton just as much of like really fun sharp dialogue funny scenarios heart that that also are just as strong so it's a mixed bag but it's a mixed bag in a good way for me Mm -hmm. Abe? As far as the Diablo Cody and Ivan Reitman collaboration, Jason, I, Jason Reitman. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's Ivan Reitman? His father. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Ghostbusters <laughs> Ivan Reitman. No, <laughs> no it, it's because Who I was watching. Ivan Reitman? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Old <laughs> man Reitman over here. <laughs> honestly, if the, when I said that, I was like, oh man, I probably just named like some foreign NBA player. Like that's honestly what I thought. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but I think the reason why Ivan Reitman was in my mind is because I was started watching like um, some bits of Baby Boomer yesterday for no real reason other than I was like, oh, I think that's Diane Keaton. I stopped it after about a minute in the movie, but Ivan Reitman is uh, he's in that movie. Um, anyway, uh, for for <laughs> Go on. Yeah. yeah, sorry for the Jason Reitman Diablo Cody collaboration. I I love their work together. I, I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of nuance from the script that Reitman picks up and puts into the movie for an audience member to, uh, you know, I guess, um, ingest and feel and, and, and think over. Um, but I agree with John on this movie. It's, it's certainly a movie that I, or I, I should take a step back in terms of Diablo Cody's writing. I agree that it's a little bit flashy and whatever else, but, um, she writes her character's very true and that's what i appreciate about uh whether this is young adult or juno or whatever the case is um while i might not think some some people might actually say this i do know people like that or i do know i i can i can certainly think of perhaps even myself in sometimes situations where i have uh the feelings that these characters have um so with that being said though telly is a very i like it i i don't love it and I think that there are some things that, again, like happen in the back third of the movie that I just think to myself, you know, I, 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 I sort of maybe saw this coming, but at the same time, there was just a continuation of something that I was like, oh, I, I wonder why that happened. I mean, there's some, I guess, particular choices. Um, with that being said, though, I think that there are stronger um, character uh, scripts and lines uh, in the back half of the third too, because that's when things start to pick up. You start to get a, a sense of, you know, of um, sort of, the, I guess, the everyday stresses and how they've really piled up for Charlize Theron. Um, and then also Ron Livingston, he has a little bit more to say. And the, the thing about Ron Livingston is that uh, he's got, like, uneven eyebrows, and uh, and I think that kind of really... That is the really, thing to say about Ron Livingston. <laughs> like, there, there's a lot of great things about Ron Livingston. He's, he's actually a really good actor. Whether <laughs> it's, like, uh, his band of brothers or, you know, or even Office, Office Space or whatever the case is. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I, the reason why I picked up on that is because of something that she talks about in the movie about their relationship. And I was just like, you know, they couldn't have chosen, like a better actor to portray what, uh, what their relationship is like now, you know, don't um, you think that, I don't know. He's, I think his character is one of the flaws of the movie though. I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't agree. I honestly, I think Ron Livingston is, he's the kind of actor where you move him a couple degrees in one direction or the other. And he's either very naive or just too smug. And so he, it makes him inherently easy, but he's always likable. So, but, it, it, I, but so like the character's such a kind of a non-presence where it's like I get what he needs to do to make to work in this movie. 
because it's not about him whatsoever. Yeah, like it's, it's not it, his movie. It, it actually does. He does come into play, but I mean, it's it's sort of like his absence is the is sort of the reason why he's not even um, like and, absent necessarily. He's just like he's doing what he's he needs just, to do. He's just busy. Yeah, yeah. He's just busy all the time. But I agree with you that did you know you, he's wait. Did Abe just say he's not absent? Then and then Abe was like, "Well, he's missing." Then <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's just missing. Yeah, I mean he's not an he's not an absent. He's father, not a he's not a say. bad father. He's not a bad he's person. Not, he just like, he could he super... could he could pay a bit more attention. That's that's yeah, all. That's exactly. all. <laughs> if that's what you mean, Jason, I agree with you that yeah, he, you know he's part of the problem because. I mean, this is a guy that, like, you never see him change the diapers, and you never see him take care of the baby at night. Sure, it's understandable that, you know, he's got a day job, and he's got to go to that. But at the same time, it's also revealed that she has a day job, too. She's on maternity leave. So, um, in terms of, you know, the movie dealing with the stresses of being a newborn mom, or I'm sorry, uh, a new mom, or even, like, a mom who has had other uh, children... Yeah, this is like a really like I'm so glad that I'm just like a, a fun loving uncle who gets like the, the to see the kids like every so often that I, don't, I never had to deal with like the daily ins and outs of it. So with all that, though, there's a lot of great acting by Charlize Theron. I think that right. she I mean, like, she could very well. I would be happy if she got a nomination later this year. I don't know if she'll I don't I haven't really heard that out of uh, this movie from people, but it, it does seem like she gave just as an award worthy as any anything else she's done and and also like her her weight gain for this role i mean the way that she looks in some frames like whether that's prosthetics added on or just you know mm-hmm. they, they shot it in such a certain way that gave her a lot of clothing to pad out i was like holy crap like she doesn't even look like the Charlize theron that we know who is like you know this tall lanky model kind of thing you know what i mean so it's it's really like a, a really um well done job on the actor's part the story itself is uh, you can see some things coming like from a distance, but you know when it does hit you, you're just like, oh, okay, you know, I I get it, but I think that it could have been executed maybe a little bit better. I'd also right, like that, to that's, that is kind of funny that you even use that framing because I was like, that's like literally they're like, oh, and then the movie's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, there there's like some stuff that's hanging that you just maybe want some final finality to. Uh, well, but in any case, yeah, it's it's because there's not much of like a there's not a there's not a plot here beyond because it, it there's it, it's a very laid back movie. It's yeah. like it even is like it takes its time to get to the to the Tully part of it. Like it lets you just be with these characters, which is what I like. I like that it's a kind of a stretched out like this is just life. This these are people. Yeah. This is people. Yeah. This is what's happening. And eventually, it has to have a point where there's some kind of dramatic shift to make you know to make this into a movie essentially to have a, a structure of some kind which is why yeah, i agree with you as far as well it has to go somewhere in order to have some kind of finality or else it's going to be a very lightweight affair so it's yeah. like okay i it, it, i didn't necessarily guess exactly what's going to happen nor, nor was i trying to but in the back of my yeah. mind while watching i was like well, this has to go somewhere. So either it's going to be something very fantastical, or something very dramatic, or something horrific. Um, yeah. <laughs> in order to kind I, of I was in all close, those camps as well. Yeah. So in, in order to close out this story, and it happens, and it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I get what you're trying to do here, Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman. Good, good on you for making that work to the best of, well, to to some level. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's to the best of your abilities, but I think you did a good job. I think the movie. I mean, to start off. If there's something I have to say about the movie, it's that Ron Livingston has uneven eyebrows. No, but uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, um, I was like, hey, that's what he said. <laughs> no, what, uh, 
They're gonna like take this audio and use it in mean tweets. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's but, how Brandon uh, gets famous. Is like, like, oh no! I think they purposely made him, you know, give him like goofy eyebrows because that's kind of clearly not him in real life. But uh, no, I, I I I like this movie. I wouldn't say I like it as much as Young Adults, which I do think is really good. I, I'm a big fan of Jason Reitman. Um, in general, and is him and the Cody collaborations I, have been very good. I, I would say yes, it's been a drop off in the recent years where we had um, Labor Day and uh, which was <laughs> that's a movie, and um, Men, Women, and Children. Uh, but uh, Juno, thank you for smoking. Up in the air, young adult, like those are all strong. I really like that. Up in the air, in particular, I think is a fantastic movie. Um, mm-hmm. That said, young adult probably will be the movie that stand like stands the test of time the most, if I had to guess. Like, I rewatched that and Juno and Up in the Air um, around the time of this movie, uh, just because I like those movies. I haven't watched them in a while. And um, as much as I like, you know, his movies in general, Young Adult's really good. Like, I, John, I know what it you're is... saying when you say it's like a Pantheon-level movie. Like, it is really, it's just so well-acted. It's such a kind of, it's so specific in what it's doing as far as how yeah. it presents Charlie Theron's character, who's so kind of acerbic and just mean, and you don't want to root for this person. And the movie is basically you're following the villain in that movie. Like, that's the whole right. thing. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it handles that so well. But what I like about this movie, and what I see as kind of a theme that has gone through Juno to this to that, they're not directly connected to each other. Uh, but, the, and especially young adult, they're, they're, they're all feel like kind of the next step in certain ways for these some of these right. characters this specifically yeah. from young adult like this very much seems like if it wasn't a different studio you could have the same character names and just establish that it's the, it's charlie staring the same character she was in young adult and she's calmed down now because she's you know older um and has had children sure. and is yeah. less of a you know terrible person like she is in young adult well, <laughs> um, and, the, and i mean and what's so strong i feel like is like kind of the tracks of emotion kind of all just like are on the same track and then converge all of a sudden and then go apart again so it's like it's funny it's tragic it's cringy it's it's dramatic it's funny again like yeah but it does it so seamlessly and like we're able to bounce around that a lot and i think that that's that in the and and charlie's theron's like you know her 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 acting in this are kind of my favorite parts of it well, um yeah it is it... kind of just and it, and it's a very brisk movie for some I, I sometimes these smaller movies uh can can kind of meander too much and this i think because it's such a like clean almost hour and 30 that that it, it does zip along yeah i agree and what i and again like i was saying before like it is a movie that just kind of just presents characters to you and not even too many it's just like theron ron livingston tully eventually the kids and like mark duplass shows up for like mark duplass yeah so it's like there's not much here but you get to live with these people for a bit especially you know theron's character and the way and why you know i'm i'm not a mom like i can't like relate directly to the things that are going on but you can clearly see this is a combination between people that all have children and like want to play reitman's a father diablo cody's had two children or so theron's a mom as well like it's (laughs) it clearly seems like it's all of them putting their experiences together to make some kind of collaborative thing here and it's all on screen and you see these little things where whether or not you know they have children that have been called quirky and need to be put to other schools or whatnot there's just like these little moments that you can you can empathetically get you you see yeah. you see why it's a hassle to deal with certain things or why trying to go with the social norms in order to be accepted in places or to hold on to a level of 
esteem amongst other people to make it all kind of right. like it, all, it, it you get that you get what's going on here and i think that comes from how reitman's you know filming this how how the you know that dialogue's being written and how it's being performed so i, I get i think it's a, a strong collaboration between these three is it as strong as young adult no i wouldn't quite say so but i still think it's a you know it's a strong film yeah and then the other thing that i i wanted uh to mention is that um you know, with Diablo Cody, we talked about her themes and yeah, her themes of, you know, growing up and it's not all that you predicted to be. That's still relevant here. I mean, that's seemingly oh, I mean, what... that's the biggest probably gut punch of the movie. Yeah. And I think that that kind of just sends it on its way to you going into one of the camps that Aaron mentioned earlier, um, which which really helps out a lot. Because, again, at first I was like, oh, you know, it, it's a movie. I'm trying to figure out what the the uh, the the problem is going to be. Um, and also, I, I I sincerely am glad that I was able to see this movie in like this year because you know when you look back at it, it's just like this movie where people are talking and it's nice and quiet. But you know, I was like, oh, this is this is uh, it's it's a nice change of pace from stuff that we've been watching like Avengers or Black Panther or like you know Ready Player One, where it's like all these like giant movies and and here's like this like like what you guys mentioned, an hour and thirty minute movie that's just like here it is and. You know, you might not like it or you might like it and uh, uh, you can go on your merry way afterward. So it, it was nice to just have, I guess, some breathing room in, in this summer where so many things are coming out. Was this trying to be a medium movie? I saw a friend of the show, Mark Hoban, talk about three million in like the first week being a disappointment. And I was like, oh, I, I would have figured that would have been like pretty gangbusters for boutique. I would say it's... <laughs> It's a it's about on par of what I would expect it to make. It's a little under this kind of realm, but I mean it. It's not a movie that's expected to break out in any way. Like it's that's not... interesting though, because don't you feel like it's gotten some mainstream buzz though? Eh. I mean, I, as far I it has it has an A list star, and a movie from a two time Oscar nominated director and an Oscar winning yeah. writer. I mean, it has it has all the prestige it needs, but it's it's a focus feature. I mean, it's not it's no, not a yeah. it's not a huge studio movie, and it's not Avengers. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the movie that Wait, came out. It's not. Yeah, I know, right? It's the movie <laughs> that came Charlie out. Charlie Theron needs to get with the agents. Surprise! She, she was, was actually trying to find all the Infinity Stones. Yeah. <laughs> no, she instead she was in the best action movie of like the past twenty years. So I think she she's okay with that. <laughs> the one that got which of the Marvel Universe movies got all those Oscars and which which Mad Max movie got you know ten nominations? I forget. Well, that's a whole other debate. Don't you? Yeah, that's like a different thing altogether. Getting an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. It's like I don't, I don't know. I don't know what she's losing here as far as being in an acclaimed action film that also happens to be an Oscar nominee. <laughs> <laughs> which which yeah, might she... go on to have uh, more featuring Furiosa. So, <laughs> but um, no, Tully. I mean, as far as its box office potential, yeah, like we're even like when Young Adult came out, there was that was a time where video on demand and like theater needs. Yeah, that was like a big there. thing back then. There is there's more potential for people to go out and see this movie, but you know, you see a trailer for here's a, a working mob who's struggling and hires a night nanny. Yeah, let me go race to the. Th- let me go get a babysitter to race to the theaters to see something about my life. Let me do that right away. I mean, versus... well, you don't even need a babysitter because Ron Livingston's just sleeping upstairs. So I, I don't... it's all good. Well, I don't think many people are saying that. You know, now when they could be like, let me see like Avengers do something and get away from this for a minute instead. Yeah. But um, uh, regards to regarding the movie. What do you guys think of uh, Mackenzie Davis as Tully? We haven't talked about the actual Tully in all of this. Well, you mentioned it. She's got this like very hopeful and and uh, kind of like uh, almost like hip hippie mentality to her. And 
Um, at first, it's a clash because you're just wondering, like, well, you know, Charlize Theron is just like this this person who's seen it all kind of thing, and and here's this person that's entering her life now. That's like, and I was I was kind of waiting for for like a dramatic moment where she's gonna beat her down with like the truth of like how she hates her life or whatever the case is. But no, she they learn from each other, and I actually like the way that that uh, Mackenzie Davis kind of addresses their relationship of like, you know, I'm I'm here to bridge gaps. You know, that's that's what I mean. I got to take care of you, and I got to take care of your family too. And or it's a holistic kind of affair kind of thing. So. I liked her in the role, and especially when um, you know, you learn more about her toward the, the end of the movie, it, it made the most sense. No, I mean, I thought she brought a light presence to the movie, and I mean, that's definitely, I think, the strongest scenes are between those two. Um, that, that being said, though, I, I have always kind of wondered why people are super into Mackenzie Davis, <laughs> um, but, but I thought she was compelling nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't like her as NASA scientist in in The Martian. Oh no, I know. And then she what? She's in the. Uh, she's in that. She's in that computer TV show. Yeah, Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> that's the that's like the show that she's on with Lee Pace and uh, Scoot McNary. Um, but no, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, it, I, Theron's doing like the the heavy lifting in this. The film, heavy lifting, but, but yeah, yeah. But as far as their scenes together, they do they give a lot of there's there's a lot of spark as far as kind of the the comedic dialogue as well as the dramatic kind of undercurrents that are going on. No, they have really good chemistry, for sure. Yeah, I mean, same with Duplass and Theron when they're on the screen together. I was like, this is like a real brother and sister combination. Well, I mean, Duplass, anything that's not the Mindy Project, he's pretty great in. That's that's, that's That's how I go. That's very accurate. I I mean, like... I mean, he's playing like a chiropractor jerk guy, right? In in the Mindy Project. I mean, that just because I know John loves the Mindy Project and he loves Duplass in it. I haven't kept up ever since uh, season four, I think. No, no, actually, yeah, I dropped off after whenever it jumped. Yeah, it it got a little bit too, like, when they they got into a love triangle with... uh, with what's his face, um, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like okay with this. So, anyway, yeah, you know. Okay, so Tully, when should people go and see this movie? You know, I, I enjoyed it enough that I think it would be um, a, a dollar theater. John, uh, I mean, I like it, but you're you're right in the fact that like there there's probably too many things that take advantage of the theater. You could probably wait for for VOD. Yeah, it's a tricky position because, like, yeah, it's a good movie. I certainly support it. I support kind of an original, you know, comedy drama or whatnot. I like Jason Reitman. Uh, mm-hmm. There's enough here to be like, yeah, this is this is a good film that people should see. But like, is it a big theater movie experience? Going harder to say. So yeah, dollar theater, I guess, would be the the way I'd go on that one because yeah it's, it's it's worth seeking out for sure and that's you know most people will see it when it's on like netflix or when it's on and do you VOD. i mean do you agree do you think that this that that reitman's doing a little bit more with his framing a little bit more with the camera on this one than in recent it, ones? It, I, mean, I, I, I would say because having recently watched his other movies to really get a sense of it what i it's interesting because juno is a film that's so unassuming um as far as what you kind of generally think about it but when you watch that it's so it's 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 as if like from the start it looks kind of sloppy but then as it goes along it it like it's weird to say it improves but it does but i think that's so deliberate on his part as far as how it kind of takes shape and that's kind of what i love about that movie where Mm -hmm. it becomes like it becomes a better directed movie as it goes which i find to be fascinating uh up in the air is very similar as far as it has this kind he has a way of like putting all the little details into frame 
and then young adult does that to a degree as well and but it dials it back and this one dials it back even further so if anything there's it seems like there's more confidence in what he doesn't have to do but what but i think cody writes to his abilities because she knows him at this point she knows him well enough so i i would i guess i would agree with you john that there's enough i think there's enough understanding between the two as collaborators where they can they can both dig into their best instincts as writer and director so it makes it makes it it has the feel of a movie that's very confidently made mm-hmm yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just thought it was a little bit more visually showy. When I, and that's why I was thinking when we were talking about whether theater or on a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, that's Tilly, which is out in theaters now. Yeah. Um, now we're just kind of gonna we're gonna break into some other movies that we've seen recently, maybe a little small on the smaller end of review length or what have you. But I know Abe and I we want to talk about this film. You were never really here, right? Um, which is the film from director. So I'll make like I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> you can chime in when you want to. Make like a tree and get out of here. But um, this is the film from writer director Lynn Ramsey, who previously directed uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin. Um, it features Joaquin Phoenix as. I guess you'd call him a hitman. <laughs> he, yeah, he's like a former military, former like government worker, yeah. and now he's, he just, he's he's the non-funny version of he's Barry. He's an enforcer, I would say. He's non-Barry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, he, he's he's a hitman, but not not trying to go for acting classes. <laughs> he's 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 like he's an enforcer. He's a guy that you call in because you need something to get done, and he's going to hurt people to do it. Um, and in this particular film, he. He gets involved in a conspiracy um, that goes wrong after he completes his mission and things kind of spiral from there. But what I also I guess I'll start with my thoughts on this film because it, what I like about this is that it's atmosphere. It is not a film I would say is about the plot. There are some icky things going on here as far as the conspiracy that he's unra- or is unraveling before him, but it's not about that. It's about this guy, who this guy is, this guy who's traumatized by things he's seen, who wants to make up for it in some way, who's had a hard childhood as well, and you get these flashes of things like that. And in all of this, what I admire is both Lynn Ramsey's visual style, which makes me like we need, which makes me want to go back to we need to talk about Kevin and watch it again and like watch it more as a as an atmospheric feature as, as opposed okay. to its plot. But also, Joaquin Phoenix is fucking great. Like all the like he's 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 so involved in this character, and he only talks when he needs to. He he looks like a guy that would be this kind of person. Uh, there, there's a. I overall, I, I really like this movie. I'll, I'll yeah. just say that. I think this movie, it, it's lean. It's like 80 minutes. Like It's very, with, yeah, it's like, very it, quick. It gets to it quickly. Like it doesn't have, there's no time to spare in this thing. And it's, and like, it's because it's like, it's a dark film. It's R, but like, it's not violent. Like it shows you. I mean, it, it can't be. It can't, but it, it doesn't really show you the violence. It shows you the aftermath of it. It's like yeah. seven where you don't really see the things John Doe does. You see the aftermath of the things he does. Yeah. Like, and it's so it, sure. it has this grizz, this grimy atmosphere to it. Um, but it's not like, it's not, not in a visceral sort of way, more in a kind of just, you kind of feel the stickiness in the air kind of way. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I what I'd say is I, I actually like it too. I, I call it artistic, and I use the term artistic kind of like as a catch-all when I when it's it's not a movie that I find boring, but it's a movie that I can't you know necessarily categorize into like one specific thing because it's not a noir movie. It, a noir movie. It's not like you know a superhero movie where he's gonna go out and save people, and he's he's not really an anti-hero. He's kind of just like this guy who is resolved. He's almost like a John Wick type thing where it's like. You know, he's on a mission. He's got to go do something. He'll do it and then just give him the next mission kind of thing. 
Um, the it's thing not, that it's I really like, it's like it's not quite like it like Drive would be a film you can bring up, but like it's not even that because Drive is a little more straightforward and it's, it's a little more yeah it's a little more straightforward but and stylized. It's, but it's got it's got a lot of refin in it, I would say, as far as it's kind of like meanderingness and quiet. Yeah, but Lynn Ramsey again, like you know, she she doesn't really do like conventional type movies, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So that's why like I when I saw that it was directed by Lynn Ramsey because I didn't see uh, I saw it in the in the opening credits, I was like. Oh, okay, well, I know what I'm in for then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so with this, though, it's it's a really, like... One of the things I really appreciate about it is that you get a sense of who Joaquin Phoenix's character is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just, like, this gruff hitman guy. He's got these relationships that matter, and the best one that I, that I really like is the one with his mom. Like, I, like the, the first interaction, I was like, oh, this... Because he's, like, this gruff guy. The opening... The cold opening is him, like, just, like... Um, cleaning off hammers and then like beating this guy who's trying to mug him in the in the alleyway, um, and then he goes at home to his mom and his mom plays like this practical joke on him, pretending that she's asleep and snoring really loudly. And then you kind of get this better sense of who Joaquin Phoenix is. He's this devoted family guy because his mom, by the way, is played by his mom's played by Judith Roberts, who's in Eraserhead, which is kind of a neat casting choice because this movie has a lot of lynch in it as well so yeah but yeah but it, i agree with you that there's like this ickiness of the plot it's like in this in this fake made-up new york um <laughs> yeah and and i think that's important because again some of the topics that they're dealing with is like you know this this conspiracy that goes all the way to the top of the mayor's office and it's like you know i'm well i'm not well i wouldn't be shocked if there were things like this in the in the dark underbellies of of uh of new york and manhattan lifestyle it's more like okay well you know i have to take that with a grain of salt i've got to give it some um some i guess movie magic thoughts here but yeah i agree with you that it, it's not perfect but there there's a lot of things that i like about joaquin phoenix's character that i wouldn't mind like going back and exploring further of like the whole entire plot of it is is very like Lucy Goosey kind because of like the just plot's not important in this kind of thing. It's like, yeah. it's an atmosphere movie. It has it has right. it, and it's not like it's not like it's hard to follow. Like you get it, but it's it's, it's like, really not. It's, I mean, it's again, very he's just trying to. Yeah. He's given one task and he's got to complete that task. And like what you said, something goes wrong, so he's got to like just again finish the task. Mm-hmm. And there's like even a part where where the task is sort of like finished for him, and he just like breaks down because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, which uh, which is what again makes his character fascinating to me. Like it's yeah. it's neat to be in kind of his head and see where it's going but it's so visually interesting too it's like ramsey's a, a, yeah, a visual again, director which is why i call it artistic because mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting but it's not one of those things where it's like you definitely need to run and go see it it's well yeah because like, it's, it's also it's 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 dark like it, it's it's a it's a rough film it's super dark it's not like, fun to watch this movie but. yeah i mean like you know again you're rooting for him but he's not always like a good guy or a bad guy because at one point, you know, he, I mean, he's, he's a he's a bad guy. <laughs> like he he might yeah. be doing things for the right reason, but he's a terrible person. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what he has I to mean, do. Except except for like with his mom, which again, I I, I actually kind of like my heart kind of hurt at some points in the movie. Yeah, uh, the relationship, and I was just like, oh man, like, and again, like, there's so many weird things in this movie that I really found fascinating. This is part where he kills like two people in his house. And then he just like lays down with one of the guys that's dying and he just like gives him some medication. So he's like not in that much pain. And then 
at one point they start singing a song yeah, the together. guy the guy who's dying starts singing like an old jingle he hears and then joaquin phoenix starts singing along with him like it's this yeah. it's this weird moment it, of where they're just kind of like not bonding there. but they're just kind of yeah, they're just there. it's just happening um, and it's like i'm trying to comfort this guy i guess so let me do I this guess, <laughs> yeah exactly you're like i guess and so the part that the part that always reminds me of um well there's like also a part where he's basically the the guy who entered his house is is gonna die mm-hmm. so he's like you know, last gas kind of thing but he holds onto joaquin phoenix's hand and it's like you know i i there's like really visually like and ideas that are really cool here i just it's not one that i'd be like again john you need to run out and go see this right away it's just like you know when you when you come across it let me know what you think now that now that said i'll, br- I'll bring john to this conversation you know who this uh, you know what the story the story's based off a book you know who it's based on the book by what jonathan ames Whoa. bored to death jonathan ames i was gonna be like why is that okay all right, john, john was a big fan of bored to death the uh, series with, no, jason, yeah. with jason schwartzman and zach alvinakis and ted dancer i mean that that definitely entices me because obviously walking phoenix is a top like three actor for me wow oh, okay i was trying to think while you guys were talking i'm like this movie is so tiny like in its footprint in the world and like people even knowing about its existence and I'm like, what has Joaquin done? Like, obviously, Gladiator's his one like big movie he's ever done. Well, Walk the line. Yeah. Well, no, I was gonna say, has he done anything else big since Walk the Line? Though, like that actually was like a good question. Like, I mean, the master yeah. kind of. Let me look at his. But no, the, even that was like kind no, of like an independent. None movie. of these were like big movies. I mean, yeah, it's been yeah. a, like his last like. Big it's movie kind of a was shame that he won't lend his talents to something a little bit more temple anymore. Well, remember he was he was courted for Doctor Strange and he said no, he turned it down. Yeah, that now that would have been as much as awesome. I think it would have been. Well, it would have been far more interesting to me. Like I don't dislike Doctor; it's fine. But it's like yeah. if you put Joaquin Phoenix as the as Doctor Strange, I'm like, what the hell does that look like? <laughs> Boy, can you imagine Joaquin Phoenix versus Robert Downey Jr. in uh-huh. a scene? No, I can't. Oh I mean, it's like, what? Where's the Jesus? Blows me away. Um, well, I mean, in that case, you know, Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't have to wear lifts. So. <laughs> they're, they're both the same height. I will say that's what... a weird thing about watching. Uh, side tangent. It's a, it's a weird thing about watching Avengers: um, Infinity War like three times. Is like you start seeing that like when Robert Downey Jr. is standing next to Benedict Cumberbatch, he's got like flare pants on, and that's because like he's wearing like lifts under his. Uh, under I like that. Like this podcast is predominantly just throwing. Um, shade. Physical shade at male actors all the time. <laughs> let me. No, I, I can go through. Let me see here. Uh, well, for one thing, he's got two movies coming out this year. He's got Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. That's the new Gus Van Sant movie, which obviously yeah. is not going to be in uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, which is. No, I said ooh. I, I oh ooh. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Yeah, he said. But he, yeah. he, he also he also has the film uh, Mary Magdalene, where he he plays Jesus. Rooney Mara uh, plays Mary Magdalene, oh, and it's from the director Garth Davis, who did Lion. Um, oh wow. Hmm. So you know, hmm. I'm gonna have to watch the trailer for that. I didn't know that was coming out. But like, as far as like Irrational Man, that was the Woody Allen movie. That didn't, you know, that's a Woody Allen movie. It doesn't get big, big. Right. Inherent Vice had a big release, but it, you know, it didn't do. It stopped her. Um, it did, you know, it did the kind of business her would do. The Spike Jones film, his last like big, like actual like wide release film for like. I guess her, her could qualify. Her could qualify. It was a big Oscar after. nominee too. I mean, but yeah. but like his last like like. Let, let, you know, these guys are in this movie. That's why we need to see it. Was We Own the Night with him and like Mark Wahlberg, um, and that was uh, from uh, director James Gray, who he's worked with a number of times. But that was like you know a bigger film. Oh, 
Man, yeah, because I, I was I like, it has, I remember the trailer for it. It had, I've so. seen it, it, it's memorable thing is there's a big, there's a car chase in the middle of it that's really cool. Like, that's the one thing okay. that's like, oh, that's why you mm. see that movie. But like, yeah. Yeah, but he, but yeah, he, he's not that kind of actor though. He's not doing like those no, kind of movies anymore. Like Walk the Line before that, Ladder Forty Nine. I mean, that's the other. I mean, the village. I mean, that's kind of like a. Like, I guess we've done that before, but I don't know. Or maybe you have done that before, but like, actor you'd want to see in one of these crappy franchises. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll frame it another way, but yeah, sure, we can ask that question. <laughs> Well, that's you. Sorry, sorry, MCU. But regardless, <laughs> I I really like you. Never really here. I I'm happy that it's still yeah. in theaters in some capacity. It? Yeah, okay, it is. Like cool. it's like they're hanging on to it on its screens. It'll get kicked out eventually. But it's like, oh, that's nice okay. that it's around. Um, but uh, all right, let's move on. Let's get let's get John. What you you saw a Quiet Place, correct? I did. I finally saw a Quiet Place. Um, What'd you think? Full full disclosure. Uh, two guys from my hometown wrote it. It's kind of their big. Oh wow. Yeah, they've always uh, Scott Beck and oh god, now I'm blanking on the other Jack. Um, <laughs> so I'm screwing them over. Um, but uh, they they were trying to do a lot of film stuff in Iowa, and this is kind of their first big. Oh, uh, we're we're coming to L.A. rather than uh, Brian Woods. Kind of Brian Woods. Yeah, Scott rather. Yeah. But uh, but I, and it's kind of funny, even inside really, because like Krasinski really kind of took over everything about this movie. So you kind of hear, and I think he might have even overwrote them on the on the screenplay in the end. But anyhow, I really felt like I wanted to go see this in theater, and it just kept not being the right time. And then uh, on a on a crummy LA Saturday, I finally <laughs> was able to meander, and, and kind of intriguing that uh, the Landmark Theater by me still had it. So they kind of well, it's a I hit. It's, it's a hit. It's movie. got lots of legs, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, to uh, to, it, to push for some perspective, Black Panther's still in the top ten. A quiet, and that came, that came out like two, four months ago at this point. So a Quiet Place, which is a huge hit, yeah, it's going to be in theaters still. Yeah. Still well, I mean, like, also from right, perspective, like, a Quiet Place was like out for for things like your you know Walking yeah. Phoenix stuff, and so and it was kind of awesome. Like I was super psyched because they put it in the theater that has like. 15 seats and they're all couches oh that oh. one okay. um, yeah. and so that's one where you can like get really close to the screen and not feel like the screen's overwhelming you uh-huh. so it was like the perfect theater to see it because it was like there only a few people in there and uh really close to the screen really good sound in that room um and all those things are obviously of vital importance for a quiet place um i'll uh i i, I know that some people kind of were like we cheer the novelty, but we can pick it apart a little bit. Um, That's Abe. <laughs> I mean, but I just thought it was so cool. I thought it was so cool. I mean, I of all the movies we've done so far this summer, I mean, this is the one you need to see in theater. And that was John Van Dyke. Thanks for being on, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like for me going to a physical theater. Like I like when something takes advantage of of like the scope. And, and the space and and this movie really does it and yes we probably see for 33 percent too much of the monster maybe maybe that would that's probably a flaw a little bit that's a fair um, way i i would i could agree to an extent that there's a lot you see there's a lot more than i would have thought you would have seen of the monster right yeah. and 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 maybe the ending's a little goofy um, I love, uh yeah there's <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I thought the emotional core of the movie actually held up pretty well, and um, and and I thought the direction was actually really well done, and I thought the world built 
was very well done. Like this, you, the show don't tell of like this world I thought was executed extremely well. And, and I think really helps the movie. And so the the one, the one flaw, the one flaw I think Abe and I found in that was the showing not telling led to a giant whiteboard that had things like weaknesses. (laughs) It's, it was like, all right, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah, it was just like, I don't really know why that is not even really necessary for the movie. (laughs) Like the, the clippings and stuff were enough to me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it was really inventive. I thought, I like the location, um, and it's just like it does seem like this is you know our one or two. Oh, this is a really cool original idea, original execution horror movie of the year, and and you know I I, I just thought it was well done, well acted, and and like I said, there there is a little like a little bit of a it falls a little bit into camp and and goofiness toward the end, but. For the most part, excellent. Mm-hmm. People should see it, in, and I think people should see it in theater. Um, I mean, it, it's so funny when we recommend things for theater because it is like people could probably, probably. I mean, TVs are so big and sound so much better. <laughs> but this one, I mean, this one really <laughs> did have a lot of moments where it was like, "I'm cool. I'm glad I'm in the theater for this." Yeah, one. cool. Well, I mean, in general, movie theaters are, are a great way to watch movies. Really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Even though your TV is like 85 inches, John, you know, and you have like a 7.2 sound system. I think the really interesting thing about this is that John Krasinski has uneven eyebrows. I think that's the. Uh... <laughs> no, the, the the biggest thing is like what you pointed out, which is like he's always like pushing, putting his finger to yeah. his face, so like you get focused no, on his nose. Yeah, John. My thing with the, the movie was that John Krasinski has a big goofy nose, so it's hard for me to buy him when he's trying to be dramatic because he's just shaking his face around because he can't talk. <laughs> so You're gonna give. If, if any celebrities listen to this podcast, you're gonna give them a complex. I, <laughs> I mean. Uh, like the ones that we like yeah. they're they're friends of the show thanks a lot i can't believe anyway, i can't believe so you're like straight up down on this movie huh? I, I don't i don't i don't know if i'm like straight up down on it i think that there's so i think that the idea is pretty great i think the execution like what you said can be a little bit goofy we don't need uh, to recap the entire thing i think yeah, it's I, I think it's more along the lines abe and i and marcus for that matter and mark even we're we, we, we seem to be the ones that are just like it's fine not great that's that's good yeah. <laughs> which is an odd place to be but it's like because people love this movie so much it just makes it seem more apparent that we're less for it than others i guess yeah yeah, yeah. all right yeah so hashtag just live by the waterfall <laughs> Abe, you saw Avengers, which you did not get to talk to us about on the I, podcast. I didn't get a chance to watch to, to chat with you guys on your giant podcast, which I started listening to, um, but I haven't finished. Were you, uh, which you started listening to, and then you you turned uh, one year older by the time you finished it. That's correct. Yes, yeah, because we have like 365 day long podcast. <laughs> I was like trying to do the, the hour math, and I was like, I can't do. I, I feel like the fans it. might feel that way for that one. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I watched Avengers um, three times, actually, and it oh. was not because I was like, oh, I got to go back and watch. Like, the, the second time was, yes, I got to go back and watch it again just to, to pick up on more things. The third time was because my buddy went and I was like, OK. Um, but I, I, I really liked it. I think it's like super, super solid. I think it's like missing uh, somewhat of an oomph of an extra oomph that would put it over the top in terms of like 
um, like top two Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Um, what and, do you mean by oomph? Do you mean emotional or do you? I think mean an emotional impact. Yeah, I think that there's like an emotional impact that I, I think. Uh, more people felt in the theater than I certainly did. See, that's my because... major thing with it, where me and Mark Hoban in particular, we, um, okay. by the time it ends, and it ends in a place that should be emotional, we're thinking, well, there's another one next year, so whatever. And, <laughs> and I, was also, I was also thinking even beyond that. I was like, well, there are some of these people here that yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, not be... Yeah. So when, when movies this... make billions of dollars at the box office, I don't think, yep, that's the end of that series. Like, that's not how it goes. Yeah, so, and, <laughs> and also... On the other what... side where I was like, I'm surprised at how impactful this is, despite everything I know. Yeah, so so the good news is when I watched it the second time, I did feel the impact of it more. Quite honestly, the first time that I saw it, I was wondering why they were drifting off into, like, the ether. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. And I don't know why people are, like, starting to sniff. And like, oh, maybe that's why. So, so the first uh, time you were second... dumb? That's what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, is this but exactly... no, but, but... Aaron's just straight up called you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> no, but exactly what you said. You know, you watch the movie and you're like, well, this is the end point, but it's not the end point. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I, I guess that I am maybe was expecting something else. Um but with all that, the the reason why I really enjoyed it is that um, it just plops you in. You know, you've you've been given 18 movies to establish these people, their motives, their characterizations, whatever. And it's just a it's a go movie. You know, um, uh, I think I counted like I tried to count the second or third time that there's really like only like maybe one or two spots where maybe even three where they don't really do a whole lot of action stuff. The rest of it is just action heavy. Um, and everyone has mentioned this, but Thanos is, uh, he's, he's a really good villain. Um, there are times where I even agree with what he's saying, uh, because he's so, he's so, uh, whatchamacallit, he's so resolved in what he's trying to do that he's going to get it done. And it's not as though he's like, okay, well, once that's done, then I'll, I'll do it again for like the other multi-universes. Like, no, when it's done, I'm just going to sit in a, a, a house in the woods and just watch the sunrise, and and that'll be it. And so there's a lot to really kind of take away with him, even though what he's doing uh, may seem a little bit weird. But um, I'd also like to point out that the score is very, very good um, by Alan Silvestri. Yeah. And I, I've, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, it's it's not a, it's not memorable in terms of other Alan Silvestri scores, but in terms of like a Marvel movie, this is like one of the few times that I've actually remembered the score for uh for what that's worth so on the whole it's super solid there's something missing in there for me but uh it is probably like top i'd say like top top seven marvel movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i was like I, I, at first i was just like top half but uh, I, I'd have to I'd have to number it. <laughs> it's my it's yeah. it's my number ten for what it's worth. Okay, um, <laughs> so we're kind of like in the same ballpark. Uh, yeah, no, I because I, I like it. I like it a lot. Like it's it's very fun. I look forward to watching it again. Um, I've seen it twice so far with uh, with Anna. Um, it does. You know, what's, mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to do my rankings right now, and I like wanted to put Iron Man three in in, in my top ten. And I just hate the ending of Iron Man three so much that I can't. <laughs> so I have my list in front of me. Ace hardware and builds all this stuff. That's like, not the end. We're not gonna That's... have a cool villain. Instead, we're just gonna have a bunch of oh, that. Okay. clone crap and whatever. 
<laughs> it's my number yeah. 15. I'm looking at my well, list right now. Um, anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Avengers Infinity War. I, um, I look forward to the next one. <laughs> this is like my, my biggest comparison. I mentioned this before. My biggest comparison is kill bill one versus kill bill two, where yeah, it's all action. This one, it's all plot. It, it's all plot and action. There's very little character involved beyond Thanos. Interesting. That's an interesting comparison where part kill bill part two is all like, character work and interactions between them and why things mean things to them beyond you know the basics so i i I hope that the i hope if i i feel like if part two delivers on that aspect then it will make part one inherently better because it's just one big movie and so i can appreciate as one big movie yes yeah yeah. i mean obviously you have 18 movies so like it's like sure you don't need to necessarily delve into character work on a very heavy level for a lot of these people but at the same time I know what's lacking as far as why I'm not embracing this more. Um, and between a lack of emotional yeah. oomph that you've mentioned and just the fact that it, all the dialogue is, we need to do this now because this, it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I get it. It's fun. I, I'd also like to say that, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, like the Russos, I, we've seen their direction before. And while they're, they're, they're very good at civil, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Civil war and, and winter soldier. It's like, I, I, you, I know they're very completed Avengers four, but I, I was like, I I would have liked to have seen like a James Gunn version of this or something like that. You know, something where they they maybe take a little bit more chances on the color. So, oh, yeah. that aspect, okay. You you should what you'll keep. I can't. I want to get into it this guy because he's already talked about this probably. But good. Yeah, no, we, but, we spent like but, four uh, but, hours. Yeah, but but Terrence has some very interesting thoughts on the whole direction of the okay. of the film and whatnot. I haven't gotten through yet, so I'll, but, I'll certainly. Yeah. And I'll just start nodding or something like that. Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> um, I'm just going to move through a number of things that I've seen fairly quickly. Um, but uh, I saw, let's see, Batman Ninja. Um, this is the, the animated It's the new movie. animated Batman, DC animated film. It's, it's t- like animated in like an anime. It's version. actually an anime this time around, as opposed to kind of having anime influence, which a lot of the DC Batman films do as far as the action goes and whatnot. This one's just full on anime. It has the character designer from Afro Samurai handling it. I'm a huge Afro Samurai fan. So it's like, yes, why not? I love Batman. <laughs> why not? Why not make this happen? And so the idea is that Batman, it involves Gorilla Grodd. He makes this device that transports Batman and most of his villains and Alfred and all the Robins to feudal Japan. And it goes from there. And it's exactly how it sounds. Batman's in feudal Japan and he's dealing with, um, he's dealing with rival, like rival groups that are led by the Joker and Two-Face and Poison Ivy and Bane. I mean, this sounds amazing. It, it, I mean, is it, it is. I loved it. I I think it's, I, I was, I, I was ready to see this kind of t- like, yeah, why not? But it goes like all in on being an anime as in, it's not just the fact that it's like in Japan and it has like, what if they dressed like samurai? It's like, what if they had, you know, crazy monkeys doing things? And what if there were uh, dr- transforming mechs involved? Like it goes all in oh. on, on the idea of being an anime Batman film. Yeah. It is very, and it, it, it was all, it's all kinds of ridiculous joy. Uh, there's a lot of, if you're, if you're into that kind of like, you know, far out there anime. It's not like far, far out there, but like as far as like 
embracing all the kinds of things that you generally think of when you think of anime it, it has those and it's a lot of fun <laughs> hey. and even like it kind of pokes fun at that idea like there's a part where like one of the robins shows up and he has a monkey and he can talk to the monkey and one of the and like nightwing looks at it, he's like yeah it's a talking monkey it's weird but just go with it like that's the kind of dialogue they have <laughs> like, like fourth wall kind of thing or he looks at another no character. no he's just talking to batman explaining why okay. robin can communicate <laughs> with the monkey and just the way he, he like kind of tosses it, just go with it like he just says that to batman it's like yeah yeah that's that's basically telling the audience you can just this this is a matter this is just fun yeah <laughs> that's what this is going for okay um so yeah batman ninja it came out on it was my birthday last week it came out on my birthday i was really excited to watch it i, I watched it with anna um and uh, yeah, I, I was into it a lot yeah where would uh, you rate it where would i rate it I'd give it like a four out of five. Like it's it's fun. I don't know, but like it's I know it's like a home release, but like high home release, I guess. Yeah, or, I guess. Like it, I I like a lot of the, the DC, DC ones. Animated stuff. Yeah, yeah, for the like the, the, there's some that are like yeah, that's fine. Like so yes, I guess it would be higher just because I I'd want to watch this again. Like some of them like yeah, I don't need to watch this anymore. Like Got it. it's one that I'm happy to have on my shelf as opposed to like Son of Batman or. Batman and Robin, Bad Blood, or whatever those ones are called. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's see. What else? Uh, Anna and I saw Breaking In. Um, this is the James McTeague film with uh, Gabrielle Union. It's like a reverse panic room type film where she has her kids up at a fancy house owned by her recently departed father. And Billy Burke and some no good guys break into the house and hold her children hostage. And she has to find a way to break in to save her kids and get these people out of her house. Um Ideally, this would have been a really good movie as far as like a fun, like, what if Gabrielle Union was in Die Hard type situation? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not very good. Um, Bummer. It is because James McTeague did V for Vendetta, which I really like, but then he made Ninja Assassin, which should be fun because it was the Wachowskis wrote a movie about ninjas and James McTeague's directing. It's like, okay, why would that not be fun? We have the guy, we have the guys that did the Matrix movies. They, he did like second unit on their movies. Like, why would this be boring? And somehow it is. And mm-hmm. this kind of has the same problem where it's, there's exciting stuff here that should be more exciting. And it just, it doesn't yeah. quite get to that level. Like Union's good in the role. Like she does the job. Um, and like Billy Burke is really good as the villain. Uh, but it's like the movie just doesn't have the kind of the kind of spark that it needs to be like as exciting as the trailer made it seem like it was. Like, you, know? uh, you can just nod or you can like do whatever. But at the end, does she open an envelope and like it turns out like her dad was like a former secret spy or something like that? No, you know what you know what's going on right away. It's very lean and okay. mean. Like I give it credit for being like it is like ninety minutes to the point. To the yeah. it's to the point. It gets exactly what the setup is right away. There's very little downtime in between. Like introducing the character to getting to the main you know crux of the movie like sure like i can admire those aspects of it but overall it's just like yeah it's whatever you can but not fun have have you ever watched a movie that's lean and nice lean and nice (laughs) (laughs) lean and mean yeah juno juno's lean and nice it's it's pretty quick and it's a nice movie (laughs) that's true great soundtrack too yeah good soundtrack um all right what else um the writer um have you have you guys heard of this movie uh, <laughs> it sounds familiar, but but please it, inform me. Um, this film is from. Let me see. Let me get the. Name. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you seen have this? You heard have you heard this? Have you heard this? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the writer. It's called the writer, as in a oh, horse. Our, uh, oh yeah, I have. I, I've heard that this is like a like a really good like independent movie. It is. It is from director Chloe Zhao. Um, who was researching another movie, and she came across a guy named Brady who trains horses. And she yeah. she wanted to learn how to horseback ride. He was helping her, and he started telling her her story, his his story. 
and his story turned out to be quite interesting. He's a former like uh, rodeo cowboy, like like like, ride, like riding on the horseback and bucking broncos and whatnot, and he he suffered a head injury, and and so he couldn't really do it anymore. And so the movie, here's a call. Here's a call to another movie. That movie, that Clint Eastwood movie, fifteen seventeen to Paris. It's yeah. similar as far as it has the real person retelling his story. I um, was wondering. So that's that. kind of what this movie is. The guy, the the guy Brady Jandro, um, that's the real person's name. He plays Brady Blackburn, and it just goes over what his life was like after he suffered this injury that stopped him from doing the thing he was really good at, which was being this kind of cowboy in these rodeo shows. Um, yeah. So it's it shows how it affects him, how it affects his family as a father, and a. Um, a mentally challenged sister and they all play themselves the father plays himself the sister plays herself and you just it's just kind of i mean much like tully it's about life it's just a, it's there's not much of a plot here it's just about this guy coming to terms with the fact that he can't do something he used to do a lot and it's really well shot the cinematography is great it's set in um, i think north dakota um mm-hmm. It there he has a friendship with another a real life um another real life person but he actually plays himself uh, lane scott um, who had like a really horrific accident that left him pretty much almost paralyzed. Um, you, and you just, you kind of see this guy Brady just kind of dealing with all this stuff. And it's a, it's you know it's a drama. It's not. It, it, I wouldn't say it's not fun or entertaining, but it, you know it's a it's you know it's like a real it's like a docudrama essentially. Like it's okay. just kind of going over things, but it's it's really well made. Um, and it's it's well worth seeking out. It's a you know it's a limited release, and I, I yeah. you know I'd say I'd say check it out if you can because it's so there are two horror movies that are sort of coming out this year, and I Lead always get Pete, them confused. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, so I was like, wait, this is it the the movie about Lean on Pete? But yeah, no, no. No, I um, I, I want to see Lean on Pete. Also, I've heard great things about that. I've heard movie, great things that I do want to see it, but yeah. I, me- I remember watching this trailer, and I was like, I was pretty moved by it because again, I was thinking to myself, oh, it's this guy that doesn't know anything else but horseback riding or, or mm-hmm. being like uh, in rodeos. And now he's got this thing, but it seems like he's determined to try and do it again. And when you mentioned that it's the actual guys that are playing themselves, yeah. essentially, mm-hmm. just with different names, mm-hmm. um, well, hardly different names, um, that actually makes me more curious about it. Because, again, I've heard great things about this movie. Yeah, and what helps is, like, my issue with 15, 17, there's a number of issues, but I, I think it's, Eastwood's really trying to hit home what the, the story's trying to be, where this doesn't really, it's not obvious in what it's doing. It's It's very much taking a, a naturalistic approach and making that really register. It helps because it's like, you know, it's an independent production as opposed to a glossy Warner Brothers film. Um, so, but yeah, it, it works really well. It's, it's affecting for sure. Okay. okay, that's the writer. Next is Manhunt going in a completely opposite direction. This is John Woo getting back in the saddle. Oh, I have, oh man, you told me to watch this. I, I did tell you to watch this. You didn't watch Manhunt. No, didn't it's watch. on Netflix now. Um, it's John Woo's like throwback to his old-fashioned like action movies um, where there's there's pistols and doves and melodrama. It's all in there. Uh, it, it, it involves a... Um, a man who's framed for a murder he didn't commit, and he goes on the run, and there's a cop get trying to catch him. Um, and the movie, it's wild. It it starts and ends completely different from how you'd expect, as far as you get, like, assassins at the beginning, and then by the time it ends, you're like, how do we get to this point? Or, like, the, the way the plot escalates. Um, I wouldn't say it's on par with, like, Hard Boiled or The Killer. It's not that good. But, at the same, but it is John Woo doing his John Woo thing. If you've yeah. mi- if you've missed seeing that, this is very much in there, right? It has that it hits that sweet spot as far as seeing like elaborately made action sequences and the way that John Woo can deliver. Um, 
and just making that a lot of fun to watch. So that's on Netflix now. It's like it's like a, it's like an hour forty. It 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 never stops. Like it's a pretty it's a pretty propulsive movie. So it's like I will go watch that. It, it it's enjoyable. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on it once you see it. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, I want to get into as we keep moving. Uh, Cobra Kai. I have not watched all of this yet. Anna and I watched the first two episodes. Have any of you guys seen Cobra Kai? The the YouTube. I, I've seen the Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, did you watch I, I Cobra Kai? I didn't see it because it, I just I haven't found it worthy to invest in in YouTube Red yet. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how I feel too. Actually, I'll probably cause... need at least one or two more killer apps before. Yeah. I, I'll just I, say I, this: I mean, like... I mean, you could sign up for YouTube Red for like thirty days free and then just drop it after you're done watching the show. Cause it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing, like John mentioned, you know, I'm just not big on YouTube Red stuff, and like they they're offering the first two episodes are free and I still haven't watched the first two episodes for free on just regular YouTube. So was, yeah, let me know how it is. Well, how is it? Uh, well, I want on and I watched the first two episodes and it's far better than I expected it to be. Okay. Um, it is much better than like, I not to take away from the talents of Ralph Macchio and William Sabka, but it did just kind of seem like, what if we did like a funnier die sketch for 10 episodes? And it's better than that. It's much better than that. I, I think Wait, it, it, it's, it's like, uh, it's knowingly comedic. Like no, they, it's not. No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. I thought that's what it was going to be oh, more oh, like, okay, and it's gotcha. not that. It's a, it's a, it's a real show, and it. But I think the best thing about it is that it feels like an actual extension of the Karate Kid, mm-hmm. um, as far as the kind of the spirit of those films. Um, even the '80s soundtrack doesn't hurt either. Um, but it, like it, there is an inherent goofiness to it, just because of the kind of after-school lessons the movies, tr- or the shows, trying to kind of impart. But there's a twist on how it's approaching it because the film stars William Zabka as Johnny Lawrence. Like, he's the. Or not Johnny Lawrence. Johnny. Um, yeah, Johnny Lawrence. I was right. Okay. As, you know, the bully from the original Karate Kid movie. Yeah. It's. it's from what you from what I can tell, it it is like a, it seems like he's the he's the star and Daniel Russo, Ralph Macchio, he's like the co star. He's and um okay. the thing is Lawrence is like he's a loser. Like he's grown up and because because Cobra Kai gave him like all the wrong ideas of how to be a good person, he's a bad he's he's like a loser. But he he meets a new kid who's like, you know, from out of town, much like the karate kid, and he you know, he's he eventually starts training him under the guise of Cobra Kai. And so and then with you have that, with that never give up mentality. Yeah, like, the, like you know, the bad mentality, even the though bad, the, okay, even though the right. kid is like a good kid, but he's being trained by like the wrong guy. And then you have Daniel yeah. Russo, who's had a successful life. He has an auto dealership. Um, he has a wife and kids, but his kids are like, like his daughter. She's like she's on the line of the dark side as far as like being with the wrong crowd. And so it's, it's kind of, so it's kind of, well, I'm just using the terms, but it's, it's kind of a weird twist because it's like, you have Johnny Lawrence. Who's like ostensibly the bad kind of guy. He's not like a bad guy. He's just like, he's a loser training. What would be like the Ralph Macchio and Ralph Macchio has like, he's, he has a daughter who's with the bullies. And so it's this weird twist on the format that I'm kind of enjoying. I'm curious where it's going to go. Uh, it's as I said, it's better than it needs to be, and it's enough where I'm like, I want to see how this goes. And I guess it got a season two order, so and I know a lot of people really like this show, the full show that they've seen the whole thing of. So yeah, I, how's the production value on it? It's good. It's good enough. Like it, it's, like like TV movie or actually like VOD kind of no, movie. I mean, it's a show, so it feels like a TV show. Like oh, it, it's a show. Yeah, it's I a, thought it was gonna be a, a limited run movie or no, something. No, it's a, it's, okay. a, it's a ten episode TV series. Mm, all right. Yeah. <laughs> It's a full no, show. It's, it's, it's a half. No, I, I was like, oh, if this is like a, a ten-part movie, it's like, oh, that's kind of 
Uh, although that'd be a really long ten part movie. It's, it's a series. It's a half hour series. Like so, it's you know, it's five hours. It's not even five because they're twenty minute episodes. So it's like you know, it's not. It's not. Oh, long. they're only twenty minute episodes. Okay, so it it basically establishes up to be a, a long movie at the end of it. If you if you watch all of them together. I mean, there's gonna be a season two, so I I guess you can view it as that way. But regardless, okay. yeah, Cobra Just Kai. Tell Abe it's a movie and he'll watch it, Aaron. <laughs> it's a, it's a movie, Abe. It's a movie. Oh, I better go see it. Just okay. like I'm, I'm getting watch Manhunt. Let's get to some other shows. And I know John, you've seen a number of these things I'm about to talk about. Um, Dear White People season two. Um, you've only seen some of it, right, John? Yeah, I've only seen either three or four. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, season one is, like, so good. Uh-huh. I agree. <laughs> like, I mean, the movie was a lot of fun, but, like, it's just fascinating how that movie is translated into this just, like... Very well. Breezy, you know, ten-episode, half-hour TV show. And it's so much fun because of the formatting. They do essentially a POV of every episode. And I think that's super effective. Oh, yeah, it's, it's weird how... You know, Arrested Development tried that and failed, and this show has taken, you know, every episode's focus in, I, I, around one character and really works. Obviously, you have less established lore of the characters compared to the Arrested Development experiment. But, yeah, that's the kind of the structure where it's like you take the, char- the characters and separate them off into their own kind of journeys, and they interact with the other characters occasionally and whatnot. Um, I have finished the second season, and it, it's pretty terrific. Um, the first season, what I liked is how it... It, it went, you know, it's kind of a essentially a sequel to the movie. It takes, you know, it it takes it goes into the events that end the the film and then moves, you know, forward from there. And what it's dealing with is like similar things that the movie was addressing, kind of microaggressions and racial topics that are not like on a on a widespread scale, but more on like a like you know things that are taboo to talk about or like kind of situations that are awkward for people or whatnot second season and that the first season was made like as the election happened second season is you know now it's written after all of that where racism becomes such a bigger issue which is a weird thing to say because it's always an issue but it's become such a more overt issue in recent years recent months and the second season seems to like really kind of goes head on into that as far as taking that as a way to examine these characters further in addition in addition in in addition to being a fun character comedy that has a lot of good stuff in it as far as just the dialogue and how they interact and little social things like so there's there's a lot there's a lot here that i just really enjoy like well and i felt like the first the movie Mm -hmm. had less going on going into like the first season well the end of the first season really blew up the character dynamics mm-hmm. yeah and the fallout in season two is it's very interesting like the character building from season one and the fallout of what happened at the end uh really resets everything you kind of know in season two so so it makes it really compelling to kind of see how everybody now adjusts to their new reality for sure, and I would point out that you don't necessarily need to see the movie to watch the shows. No, that no, said, no. it that said, it's all on Netflix. It's not hard. Okay. Like it's not. Well, <laughs> oh, and I guess we should say that this is like in a like I think just a, for TV a top notch cast too. Like oh yeah, it's really really nice. winning cast for. I, I I'll be interested to see if like these these people kind of get to get a, out out in the world outside of this world. And you you, you get a you Cause, get because it seems like a few of them really could be you know. Something, something more than even just this series. Eventually, I I agree. You get some of the characters from the movie play the play the same characters in the show, and some have been replaced. Um, that said, season two, you haven't seen this yet, John. I won't mention specifically what happens, but there are a few 
movie people that pop up as different characters in this season, and it's like, what? There's some interesting thing going on there as far as that. They're, <laughs> they're like recast as new people, but it's like, that's the person that played this person in the movie, and now they're back on the show with some other person. It's like, that's clever. I, there, there's there's some interesting things they do with that. But, um, but no, yeah, if you like season one, season two's going to be your jam as well. If you haven't seen season one, watch that, and then watch season two, because you'll be satisfied with both. If you're too hung up on the fact that it's called Dear White People, grow up. That's, that's what I have for that. Um, okay, let me move on to the last thing I want to talk about, um, as far as things that I've watched. And I know John, uh, Atlanta. John, have you watched all of Atlanta, season two? Oh, yeah. Atlanta is like night of viewing. I'm actually psyched that the FX app now just has them like hbo go style now where you can watch it night of um no i mean atlanta's the best thing on tv it's it's, it it, you know fx is essentially the pinnacle of tv uh, right at this moment because for a while they had atlanta and legion going at the same time um but but i think atlanta is probably the best half hour of tv you can spend your time watching and Last season was just this beautiful example of just this built, lived-in world that just was a theater of the bizarre, but also just so emotionally wrenching in a lot of places, and then just so hilariously cathartic in others. And somehow, they they went and, and, and... went weirder this season. <laughs> um, everybody's like, I don't know, maybe they'll just try to be conventional this year or something. And and for the first few episodes, you're like, oh, maybe they are. And then they're like, nah, nah. We're just gonna we're just gonna do some crazy stuff. And and then, but then, what's kind of amazing is this year actually did have more of a like day to day plot. It was just that they artfully did it as like this subconscious background thing. And also, my, my, my final thought would be just that it's kind of amazing that essentially this show changed its main characters this year and kind of, like, handed the conch from, like, this being Donald Glover's vehicle to to this being Brian Leo or now I almost called him Brian Leo Malley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim's vehicle now. <laughs> But uh, the fact that it goes from Earn to Al, I feel like, this year was kind of this just seamless but earned thing. No no pun intended. I don't And also the best, the best guest character, the best guest actor work in any TV show, easily. Hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't, I don't want to use this as too much of a way to just say, just read my reviews. But I've had a great time, honestly, writing about it on We Live Entertainment. I, I've covered the show week to week. Well, it's one of those TV shows that mm-hmm. barely exists anymore where, like, an episode can stand by itself and be analyzed by itself. Yes, and so that's why I've, I've found it fascinating to kind of write about it on a weekly basis. And unfortunately, I had to miss the Teddy Perkins episode because that was a difficult week. Um, but there's a lot to love about Atlanta as far as what it's doing, um, what kind of show it decides to be each week, how good the characters are. I've I really liked Brian Tyree Henry the first season. He plays Al. Um, the character that uh, 
that uh, earned Don, 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 Donald Clover's character. He manages. Um, and oh, they, Al, Al. Yeah, yeah Al. And he, and he kind of he they double down on what he is this season, which I really liked. Um, but they there's an there's individual episodes for other characters too, like Zessie Beats, who's going to be in Deadpool too. Um, she plays Earl's girl on and off girlfriend, and she has a couple spotlight episodes. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who we're friend, we're he's I think he's a friend of the show at this point on the podcast. He's he's uh, for sure. When we've saw him in short term twelve, and he's he's always been a friend of the show since then. But yeah, um, he has an episode that's called Teddy Perkins that. I think it would make like a great double feature with Get Out, uh, as far as what it's doing and how kind of how atmospheric it is and what it's trying to accomplish. Uh, it's just it's a it's a, such a bizarre episode of television that's amazing as far as its construction. The direction on this show is right. Fantastic I mean, Harold Murray is the best, yeah. maybe the best director in the biz right now. Yeah, um, which leads me to another thing I wanted to bring up because Donald Glover is having a banner year right now. Um, he's about to be in Solo. He has this terrific Atlanta show. He just came off a great um, Saturday Night Live episode, and he also released a new music video called "This Is America" as his childish Gambino counterpart. I've watched this video a lot. Um, it's also directed by Hiro Mirai, which is why I brought it up. Um, have you guys have you guys watched the This Is America music video? Yes. <laughs> I I think it's wonderful. There's a um, lot to unpack, and I, I I'm there's a a big like I, I wrote this to my buddies. I like there's like this big fu to like the current uh, zeitgeist, and I was like, yeah, this is everything that is <laughs> kind of wrong with like the mainstream music uh, in America. And also just, I love the way that he kind of dances through it with like, these popular dance moves. But at the same time, like there's a, there's a hint of uh, whatchamacallit. Um, Jim Crow. Yeah. And also there's like a hint of what the appropriation of how white people have taken this over as well. And also everything that's going on in the background is, is just uh, how basically, Oh yeah, we, we love all these things that are on Instagram social media and whatever else but there's a lot of real stuff that's happening that's you know happening concurrently and yet these things are, are much more popular so i found it fascinating yeah there's there's yeah i i'm a, <laughs> i really like this music video enough to be like man it's great to see this right now and it's like a wonderful short film well, uh, it's just it, it it's cool in the sense that like i i don't know i think i posted something along the lines of it's so rare first like what could be considered a piece of art to be like pop culturally relevant. Like, and this is, this is like had over 40 million views in like a day. Mm -hmm. And it's like something that's like this statement artistic where like, it's just this thing that's dropped. You're given no explanation. It can be taken in a million different ways. I mean, I've even seen a lot of good takes kind of picking it apart a little bit. And it's just kind of like this, like, I don't know, it's just kind of exciting when there's something that can be that big that's actually challenging. Because yeah. a lot of things that become that big aren't. <laughs> a lot of things, they're Avengers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so, like, I just, I just think that's exciting when it's like, oh, this is like, you know, an old school, like what an old school novel would do or what, like, a difficult painting would do in a museum or something. And and there's actually everybody's in on the conversation, which just so rarely happens. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up because yes, it is a. I, I find this video fascinating. Um, I've I've enjoyed watching it very much over then, just picking new pieces out of it every time you see it because there's a lot there. Um, but yeah, it just reflects how good of a collaboration Donald Glover and Hiro Murai seem to be as far as what they're trying to put out there and how successful they've been at doing it. Um, so yeah. All right, so that's a that's a whole bunch of stuff. 
Um, now we, we even have, to have a couple out now feedback questions. Good one. Thank you. Uh, first one we have is from Luke. He asks, what is your dream Blu-ray release and features? Not your favorite past release, but one that would make you happy that you would make happen if you could. So what's like a release that you just really want to see happen as far as like a home video release that has all kinds of features on it or whatnot that you just you just can't you you need for for a movie that has never been on Blu-ray no, or just or, one with like additional features that I I really just would a want preferred, to know. I, here's my example because this is a, this is a movie that has been released but you know hasn't been had the what I would say is the preferred release Kill Bill the whole bloody affair that would yeah. be my example for this because it, it is you know it's the whole movie presented. As it, you know, as Quentin Tarantino originally meant it to be, as one giant film, and obviously I'd love it to be filled with like, you know, a great amount of special features and behind the scenes stuff and what have you. I would love to see that happen someday. It is yet to happen in America, but I can still dream. Hmm. Well, I'm I would have to go with my favorite movie of all time because it's just like its DVD didn't really get into it as much as I wanted to, and that that'd be uh, Charlie Kaufman's Synecdoche, New York. Oh yeah, okay. That's a movie that could use like a bunch of featurettes or like even like a souped up, not commentary, but just like what if they just like showed it and like circled like background stuff that you should be paying attention to or whatever. Cause like, that'd be a fun way to do it because Kaufman's not the kind of guy that's going to do that kind of thing as far like talk about what the movie is, but I, right. I, right. Yeah. Right. But I mean that, that it's kind of funny that we were talking about this is America. Cause uh, that, that's like the music video version of Synactic. Where, <laughs> yeah. like, every time you watch it, you, you notice different things in the background. Yeah. Like how Philip Seymour Hoffman's eyebrows are uneven. <laughs> have you ever noticed how great his mustache is in the master <laughs> guys what's that dead horse doing in the corner yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up about you know whether a director visually could just circle things that you missed or whatever the case is one of the things that I listen to on director commentaries that I'm kind of bummed out about is that you know they're, they're talking about one scene but the movie keeps going so they skip over something that I would really want them to talk about or um, that I had a, a big curiosity in. Uh-huh. So I know this is like a way much to ask, and this is kind of more of a general answer uh, is that it would be great if they could do like almost like a scene by scene uh, breakdown. Right? Cause the, there are a number of movies that we all enjoy, but for some of the ones that we just have lingering questions about, I mean, I would watch the hell out of that. Even if it was like 12 hours long or like 36 hours long, I watched the hell out of that. I mean, um, so what do you think whatever. Of? What's that? What movie you're thinking of? I don't really have one in mind. Okay. But that's, <laughs> what thought, so that's what I thought of when you guys were talking about, you know, um, film breakdown of just uh, of uh, scenes and whatever else. But you know, I, I, while there isn't one in mind, there are a couple that are skimming. I just can't remember like the specific examples of you know. I really wanted to find out about. I don't know. Um, the scene in which uh, <laughs> I'm like home alone. So it's like the scene in which Macaulay Culkin is like when he's coming out of the of the uh, of stealing the toothbrush and he's ice skating. He's like, "What if you give me a scene breakdown?" That's not a great example. But, he's a um, criminal. I was about to say, if yeah. you have some really specific thing about Home Alone, I, I wanted to say, if I ever get the chance to interview Chris Columbus about this, I want you to text me exactly what it is <laughs> so I can task him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of interesting things, and this kind of comes... So Abe wants the Blu-ray of Home Alone with a director's commentary. <laughs> no, <laughs> which, director's commentary. I do have the Blu-ray. 
I, I would love more commentary. Does no, it have, but, does it uh, have a commentary on it? It probably I, does. The I own the No Bones DVD. No special features on it. No Bones. I like that. But uh, <laughs> this all comes out because... It does have a comment. It has a commentary by Chris Columbus and Macaulay Culkin on it. Oh, but no, I, not on the DVD I have. I have. No, on the, yeah, home, on the 25th totally. anniversary release it does. Oh, I don't well, have that one. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this all comes out because there, I was texting Aaron one day. I was like, hey, you know, have you watched these DGA interviews? Because um, they're they're really good and they're very long, but there's so much that Chris Nolan or Guillermo del Toro give in these interviews that lends itself to just making your experience watching their movies much much uh, more immersive. So, well, I, I the the movie that I thought of when you're because I misheard the question. So the the first thing I thought of like was Project Echo, which is like one of my first anime movies that I ever watched as a kid. My brother brought it over. Like, I would love to watch that as a Blu-ray or, like, have um, additional material on there where, like, there's a flash scene where all of a sudden you realize that she's Superman's daughter. I was like, wait, Superman lives in Japan? So there's uh, a lot of cool things uh, about that. And also, like, the Ranma series. I fucking love Ranma. Um, and I would not hesitate to buy anything that had additional material or commentary from any of the creators, animators, voice actors, whatever the case is. There's, uh, a, so. there's some obscure stuff like that matters to nobody except me, but like Defending Your Life, the Albert Brooks film is one of my favorite movies, and I'd love to get that blue like, release finally. That hasn't happened yet. Um, Steven Soderbergh's The Limey is a film I really love, and I'd love to see that as a Criterion release. I'd love to see Jim Jarmusch's Ghost Dog as a Criterion release. That'd be great. I'd love to have a giant Godzilla set um, for a Blu-ray, not just like scattered films, but all of them in one giant massive Blu-ray. That'd be awesome for me. So yeah, there's a number of things like that. I think the one of the things that I think anybody would say is like having the original Star Wars trilogy unaltered as a Blu-ray set, like cleaned up, but not with the special editions, just like the original actual theatrical versions of those. I'm movies. I'm really mad because we used to have VHS copies of those original prints. I still and, do. <laughs> like, it, did it come in that 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 threefold bo- or that box with like the two folds on the side? No, mine's like it's just like oh. a it's a sturdy box and it has like it's the one okay. it's the versions. It was like the 1994 THX releases, where it's where it just I think has. That's what we had. It has we like, let somebody um, borrow them, and he never gave them back, and he moved away. And, it's like and Va- I'm really... Vader's on one, Yoda's on one, and a Stormtrooper's on one. I believe are like okay. the, the covers of those. Um, but yeah, so all right. Um, we got one other question here, which is sure. kind of for me specifically. It seems uh, it's from Justin. Uh, he writes, "I know it's Mother's Day, and it's first without yours for for me." Um, the fourth for his. Um, but what was your favorite memory of your mom and favorite movie you enjoyed the most together? I'll stick with the kind of the movie aspect of this, given the podcast. But um, <laughs> uh, my mom and I, we saw lots of movies together, which I think should be fairly obvious for anyone that's listened to this podcast and knows how we, <laughs> how I've talked about my mother. Um, I've said before that Batman is my earliest memory in life, um, seeing the 89 Batman. Um, which I did see with my mom. Uh, we saw most of the Batman movies together. Um, they would all, you know, come out in June, typically. Uh, they used to anyway, before, like, I went to college, so we didn't get to see some of the, you know, the more recent ones. Um, but Batman Forever, uh, we saw in, like, I think, like, a min- it was like a midnight show. Like, it was late, and, like, I had school the next day, but we still went out and uh, saw it that way. Like, we were, and we were, like, all the way in the front. <laughs> like, it was a packed show. Um but that was a that, that's a that was an event that I I particularly remember as far as being excited for a new Batman movie, um and getting to see it again. Um, my my mom was of like an active 
uh, moviegoer as far as like she kind of re- she reacts to things that are happening on screen as far as like yeah or, like not like it's kind of like <laughs> having fun with the movie um so a number of examples i can think of are like um terminator 3 we had a lot of fun with we saw that i was with her like that july 4th weekend um and we and she was having a lot of fun just seeing like arnold back on the big screen um uh, king kong was one that she really enjoyed watching um she felt really she she really felt for kong in that movie which i was enjoying a lot um which version was that the the peter jackson king kong okay um seeing that in a movie theater um but yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, we've talked about movies together on the podcast, obviously. Like, Anaconda was one of the earliest ones we talked about, and I remember seeing that with her, and we really enjoyed that together. There's snakes, um, there's snakes out there that big? There's snakes out there this big? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's 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 lots of examples. I mean, we watch plenty of movies, um, but those are ones I can think of offhand as far as like, a movie theater experience. But no, thank you for that question, Justin. And uh, happy Mother's yeah. Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah, as far as time of this recording goes. Um, all right. Let's, uh, that was out no feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Uh, let's move on. Feedback. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start wrapping things up. Um, let's, this episode turned out to be really long for our big ramble. <laughs> but, um, I know. Probably well, that's what happens when you say we're doing eight trailers. <laughs> <laughs> and we all have like a lot of opinions about these trailers. Well, let's let's start wrapping things up then. We get some out now. Presents is out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. And I got a number here. First up is Black Panther. Which, yeah, yes, it's it. great. It's great. Love Black Panther. Better than Infinity War. Um, it's a great two-thirds of a movie. It's a great three-thirds of a movie. Uh, Rick and Morty Season 3. Yeah, go see that. It's I mean, a it's a good it's a good season. And there's gonna be seventy more of them now. Yeah, 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 yeah. They ordered a lot more. Uh the wizard. Who remembers the wizard? Um uh, The Wizard. What is this? Is that like one of those weird eighties sci fi movies with yes, a kid? It's exactly that. <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> That's okay. exactly what that is. Like I don't this does it not had, sound uh, familiar. It had Fred Savage. Um yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all you need to say for me to say pass. <laughs> uh let's see. Samson. I believe this is the. Said, uh, I I think I, I, I saw this trailer right. It's, this is like a, a biblical film. Yeah, it's a it's a biblical take on Samson. Um, let's see, the return of Swamp Thing. Uh, okay, yeah, Brandon Peters would love it. Yeah, probably. Um, speaking of Brandon Peters, the It's Alive trilogy. This is um, I believe from Scream Factory, um, the horror trilogy. Uh, let's see. Also, Carbon Copy. This is one of Denzel Washington's first movies, and it's a terrible movie. But shout back, he's like, <laughs> "Why not? Let's put it out." It's it's where what's his name, George Seagal. Um, he, not related to Stephen. Not related to Stephen. He really he's he's re, he learns that he has a black son, and it's Denzel Washington. And whoa, hijinks, because he's a married man with a white family. <laughs> but um, anyway, it was it was very ahead of its time. Yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Sh- the Shannara Chronicles season two. I've heard that the book series is very fun in terms. Of, if you're into fantasy books, I've never seen the series. Well, it's got a season two, so it's doing something right. It's on, that's a, I, I think that's on MTV actually too. So what? Yeah, MTV a, makes yeah, TV no, shows. It's their now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it's I've, it's their I've one like it's fantasy. their big fantasy show that they have. Okay. Um, and last, I just want to mention these. These are all on 4K for the first time. Die Hard, Gladiator, and Braveheart. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's what's out now. Let's move on to extremely cool. There's things that are now on Netflix or Prime that I wanted to mention. First up on Netflix, uh, two things I wanted to mention: Faces Places, 
This is the Agnes Varda directed uh, documentary that was up for an Oscar um, that just sounded really delightful. So I really want to watch this. Um, yeah. It's on Netflix now. And uh, Evil Genius, which is like a four part uh, docu series about like a real like heist that probably went terribly wrong, I assume, which is why you make a docu series about it. Um, hmm. But the, Netflix does well by these as far as acquiring these random docu series and putting them out and like. Giving, I still haven't watched Wild Wild Country yet, um, but I've heard, I've heard lots of good things about all these. So that's yeah, uh, I've heard some crazy things about that. About that one, yeah. So that those that that's out now. Evil Genius, that's the newest one. On Prime this week, we have a uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, brand new animated series on Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay, I thought you meant like the Robert De Niro movie. No, I would never have mentioned that ever. In fact, I feel, <laughs> in fact, I, I'm telling you not to do that ever again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Orphan Black season five, I believe that was the final season. That's on that's on Prime now. Uh, Last flag, one of the better yeah. modern post golden era TV shows. All right. Uh, Last flag flying, the Richard Linkler film that's now on Prime. That's true. Mixed now. reviews and mixed positive. It's for Prime, perfect watch for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Warrior is now on Prime, which we love. Warrior, yeah, we Warrior's love, great. We love the shit out of that. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. So why not mention it? It's on Prime. I just noticed that. So yeah, that's extremely cool. Next week's show, next week we have Deadpool 2, the deadening of the poolening. Wait, it'd be crazy if they actually made the poster like the deadening. <laughs> yeah, sure. But yeah, no, Deadpool 2, that's coming out next week, so we'll be talking about that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I didn't... You're not going to find any dissenting opinion. I, I, I watched that first one again. I'm like, yep, I'm still pretty like okay with this movie compared to everyone that loves it. But yeah, I'm excited for the second one. <laughs> sure. Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm psyched for all the characters that are going to get introduced to. Yeah, we get a, we'll get our second Josh Brolin villain out of three this summer. So, you know, we got we got that going it's for the third us. One. Sicario. Sicario. Oh, Sicario. Okay. Anyone that wears flip-flops that casually is not a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially to like a serious meeting with Matthew Modine. Uh, don't get me started on Matthew Modine. Anyway, uh, last thing we need here. What should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? John, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, I think people should go see... I, I, what? Uh, go, go see... <laughs> what you just see? What'd you just see? I'm joking! <laughs> No, um, I don't know. Everybody's already seen Avengers. Well, you loved A Quiet Place. Place. I know, but everybody's already seen it. You can still say people can see it. (laughs) You know, know, support indie films. Go see, (laughs) even though I didn't tell you to go see, go go see Tolly in theaters. Gosh darn it. What are you going to see next? I'm going to see Deadpool 2 for sure. All right, Abe? Yeah, I'd recommend uh, Avengers. And also, again, if if you're feeling up to it and you want just a... A more adult, uh, dramatic movie. Go see Tully, and Deadpool two. Dead, De- Deadpool two. Deadpool <laughs> two. Yeah, no, I would say the same. Tully is good. Avengers is good. Isle of Dogs is still out there, and it's still quite. Is good. it still out? It's yeah. still out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's still in the theaters. And uh, honestly, if you could find you were never really here, and you're looking for a movie that's you know like an existential <laughs> thriller, go for it because it's 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 good. It's really good. Guys, guys, just go see. I feel pretty. Come on, why not? And uh, uh, yeah, sure, maybe. <laughs> and uh, Deadpool uh, two is what I'm saying next. Deadpool two. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of About Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my stuff is there. You can also find me writing about TV 
at uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com. I'm still covering the the Americans, which is the other great FX show. FX is just so great. Last ser- series, uh, last season, right? Finals, final season, yep. Yeah. Um, and things are awesome right now. Their volume is awesome. Okay. Americans is awesome. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? I'm more fun stuff over at Walrus Moose uh, uh, on my Twitter. Hashtag, I guess, uh, I don't know. Um, Cafe Latte. Uh, and, uh, and my Instagram, Milky Dookley. John? Uh, I mean, we always joke about this. That I'm just going to do retweets <laughs> at, at, at Sir John Van Dyke that don't really have to do with much other than sports and maybe a few pop culture or political things. But hey, maybe someday I'll do something on there. You never you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes as well as on Audioboom you can listen to us over at uh, HHWLED, SoundCloud or Podomatic feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on anything we talked about today over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com feel free to answer our questions or add your own or just send us weird ridiculous tweets uh, on our Facebook page facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast and, of course, send plenty of gifts over to our Tumblr page, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Give us plenty of gifts of, I don't know. <laughs> or, just... or send us send us cool things about how to how to more use our, our Tumblr page. Yeah, that'd be great, too. Yeah. <laughs> Increase the Tumblr awareness for out now. Um, John, thank you very much for joining us this thank evening. Thank you, John. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Great. And, yeah, that's going to do it for next week. Uh, that's going to do it until next week. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. I live in a nameless town. No need to wander around. I live in a nameless town. Black Many friends have said goodbye Rated out in one proud life I said they all just lost their minds Actually, you know what happened? I watched episode five before I watched four. And so I was like, I missed it. It's like, so I went back and she's not in episode five. So I'm like, wait, what's happening? And then, yeah, it ends. And it's like, oh, no, she's still going to be here. So. Yeah. You know that they're numbered for a reason. No, it was. It, <laughs> so you can choose your own adventure? No, it was because I. It was because I. <laughs> this I, is an R.L. Stein book. <laughs> it was because I had on two different. I was watching. I have my entertainment room with my bigger TV and I had my. my my bedroom and i was in like for some reason it was okay you've got two places no but but, we get it no but for some reason it was it was great it was grayed out like as if i already watched it so i'm like oh i guess i'm on this episode so i clicked it and i was like wait a minute i feel like i missed something here (laughs) um yeah
I we we use that as a pause, so you got to edit all that out, uh, Abe. Okay. Just looking for Megan, <laughs> except for the part where you give Aaron a hard time about his. Yeah, games. right. Give him some guff over two TVs. <laughs> yeah.